Welcome to episode 147 of Cowboy Ship. My name is Ted Stoven. My co-host is Dustin Edwards. Dustin, uh, the Calgary Stampede is underway. This show is coming out on July 12th, which is a Wednesday. Um, we've had a few things that we've done since we caught up last. Uh, last show was on June 28th, so I finished up to Panoka. I uh, went right into bull busting after a day off and went to some Calgary Stampede stuff. So what have you uh, been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh, we've been out at uh, Barney's uh, working out there. We uh, got into some uh, parade action uh, with the Barney's train. We had uh, editor Sean Morton down on the train for uh, Canada Day. Um, other than that, yeah, it's been busy. Some uh, some new job stuff happening uh, next week. So, yeah, it's just been a really busy start to July. So, uh, I guess the biggest news, I'm, I'm glad Sean and the crew made it over from uh, Airdrie uh for the for the barneys the big canada day parade that's fun on that side yeah that was that was really cool we uh test drove the new barney's train in the parade and uh sean probably walked about 20 miles beside handing out suckers to every kid in drumheller so oh really he was, uh, he was a hero for for the from the children of drumheller that day is sean an official uh promoter of uh of of Barney's is that is that how that is or is he like yeah, unofficial he, employee number seven or what? He's a he's definitely official. He got a staff. He was wearing a staff uh, Barney's t shirt in the parade, so he's <laughs> pretty official. That's awesome. Um, okay, new gig. Tell us about the new gig, man. I, I'll tell the folks about what uh, what the next step is for Dustin. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I I'm gonna be joining the the group at Calgary Sports and Entertainment um, starting next Monday. Uh, going down there to work with uh, with the Calgary Roughnecks, so going to be uh, taking the position of the manager of uh, their business operations team, and so I'm super excited to work with the Calgary Flames group and uh, uh, start uh, in the saddle dome next Tuesday, and uh, yeah, get right to work on on the season. Uh, lacrosse wasn't my world, hockey was my world, of course, with the Dragons for six years, but super excited to take my uh, learnings from from there and. Uh, and bring it over to Calgary Sports and Entertainment. So it's uh, going to be a new challenge and an exciting challenge. Well, so for you, you went, you and I had the conversation. I don't know how long it was ago now, Dustin. Would it have been like it's probably seven or eight years. How long was? How long ago did you go over to drum to work with the Dragons? Six years ago. Six years ago. So we had this chat. Like I feel like it was in the summertime too. Was it not? Did you not go there in the fall? Uh spring. So we had that chat, kind of that that's early spring end of winter kind of chat okay so we talked about like how and this by that time like we i was still only doing mostly events and i hadn't even changed over to sales yet so i was still you know things were pretty uh like you know we weren't doing a whole bunch things have grown a lot since but like we talked about you left your six-figure oil field you know service job essentially right to go chase down a pretty meager salary working in sports yeah that was exactly it and i just you know wasn't finding much happiness in the in the oil field and uh remember having those conversations about maybe taking a leap and and uh didn't know where that would lead and and now uh 
you know, here we are kind of six years later and, um, you know, going to work for a, a really big sports corporation and, and essentially for a pro sports franchise, which was always my goal. So, you know, I can, I can finally say that I was able to check that box, which was just a, which was just part of that conversation six years ago. You know, that, that wasn't, that wasn't even, even it at the time, but uh, yeah, super excited. So I've had a lot of good people along the way that have, uh, that have helped me and been in my corner, including yourself and, and all of our crew. And yeah, it's just uh, re- really exciting. And, um, you know, I was able to make a connection with uh, the vice president uh, from the club um, through Wacy uh, when we did the the Calgary Sports Management uh, Society uh, speaker series, and and that's what kind of kind of got got this whole thing rolling. So, right on. And that, was that Jason Johnson or who was that now? Uh, Mike Moore. Mike Moore. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And I, yeah. I saw Wacy at the uh, Bull Bus, and he's been around Stampede a bunch. So good to see him and catch up briefly and whatnot. So. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty neat how that works out though. How those different connections—you never know where a thing like stuff like that's gonna catch back up with a guy. Well, we have that we have that very unique uh, connection because that was the night that pro sports was shutting down as we were doing that event, and you you got sure. you and Storm were there, and that was um, I think it was March twelfth or March eleventh, and the NBA 11th. was shutting down. And, yeah, and uh, those guys were all getting called out of that event we did that night because they were getting called into the office to start start shutting things down. So Jeez. um that was the first story we talked about when I met with them was uh was that night. So uh yeah it's just yeah. funny how everything kind of comes full circle, right? Huh. But one of the other things too is like, you know, you may or may not stay and work in lacrosse for the next 20 years. You know, that might not be your entire career, but this is definitely a, you know, and and I think most people probably like I don't want I don't want to assume, but I would think that the working for CSEC like Calgary Sports Entertainment Corporation is probably a stepping stone to what your next position might be in the sporting world. You know, like I, I'm just assuming here, but I, I think that that's one of the next moves. Is it not ideally? Oh, oh, for sure. And, and, you know, like I think that they recognize that and they, you know, uh, they've got so many properties. They've got the Wranglers, the Calgary Hitmen, the Calgary Flames, the Stampeders. So, you know, yeah. there's uh, just so many, so many entities that, that, that they look after and, you know, someone like, like Mike, um, you know, he's the vice president of the Wranglers, the Hitman and the Roughneck. So, um, oh, wow. you know, so it's, so you're, you're really integrated in, in all their, all their assets, which is really cool. So um, I'll be going there for lacrosse, but uh, you know, certainly I'm uh, going to be able to help on the, on the hockey side of things uh, at times as well. So that, that's what really intrigued me as well. Oh, right on. And another friend of ours, Keenan Vine uh, was actually going to, try and help on some production stuff on the flames side of things before COVID. And then that kind of got shut down too, but I know he was kind of involved ish with the CSEC side of things at one point, but it just never really, never really turned into uh, too much. I think I, I'm not sure where that ended up, but I think he might get another chance at some point. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, that's what's so cool about the world we live in with production, with a live events, like, you know, when we look at the Roughnecks, they play nine home games um, on Saturday nights, and essentially you're just producing nine events. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, so um, so for rodeo people like yourself and Akeen and Vine and, and Sean Morton and, and all our buddies, you know, it's pretty easy. You're not well, I shouldn't say easy, but it's uh, it's a lot more comfortable to you know you're putting on a CFR Saturday night Perth. You can probably produce a, a hockey game in, in in a sense. You know they, they have the same scripts, pyro music. Um, you know, obviously there's the little, the little differences with the sports, but 
at the end of the day, you're, you're, you got a beginning a middle and an end and, and a lot of the same elements. So I, I definitely see those worlds uh, intersecting a lot more in the future, maybe with, with all of our crew and where everybody's going. So. Oh yeah. Well, and I got to say uh, um, you've never really, well, you've never lived here at the house, but you're going to spend a few, few days a week here for the next couple months until you guys get, you know, get your own place down here. But I'm looking forward to having, having you around here so we can hang out some more. We don't, we don't get to hang out as much as we might want to. So I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting to hang out some more down this way. That'll be, that'll be a good time too. When I'm home, I guess. <laughs> I'm about to be your basement dweller, but, uh, yeah. I'll make more cowboy ship beers and, uh, maybe some more golf. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we haven't golfed together in what, like probably six years or something ridiculous. It's been so long. Yeah. Probably the, the sports medicine golf tournament two years ago was the last time. Oh, okay. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Too long, obviously, but we'll make sure we get it back to that again. But, uh, okay. So congrats on the new gig. Uh, looking forward to you getting started there on the 17th. Like you said, um, what else we've got? Uh, well, we just had uh bull bust and I gotta say, I had a ton of fun at bull Boston. Uh, the Pinocchio wrapped up. I think we had a really great, uh, great show in Pinocchio. Thanks to the crew there. Uh, really enjoyed yeah, I really enjoyed Pinocchio. I felt like it was a little bit lower key this time. It was pretty aggressive the first year with everything that went on. So this year was I felt a little more comfortable, a little more like kind of settled in on some stuff. So I thought that went. I thought we had a great show there. It was great to work with Feature and and uh, all the crew. But you know, Dr. Lynn Phillips is uh, Oklahoma, but I mean had a had a great show there with Les and and uh, yeah, I thought Alicia Erickson did a great job again. Um, yeah, I just I thought it was a really good show. We had great weather as well. And the start of Calgary, I think, has been pretty solid too. But just like we talked about last time, the the diminishing Canadian content there, I think, really showed up and who made it on through to the to the final Sunday. And I, I was messed up last time too. I thought they were gonna have three out of each pool for some reason. I don't know what I was thinking, but uh but there's yeah, four per pool, so twelve on Sunday. Um so I don't know what I was thinking there, but I thought they were trying to cut some time on the perf, but feedback so far it sounds like people aren't loving missing sad like people people like saturday like a lot of folks like the saturday the wild card so uh heard that at the grounds um but yeah what was it like th- i think only three canadians made it through to sunday from from pool a uh we had clint lay move on in the bareback so far Bo cooper. Uh, Bo cooper went on in the tie down roping and then zeke, and the zeke made it on in the saddle bronc riding so yeah, right. Three, three out of yeah. how many events? Six events: bareback, deer wrestling, tie down, barrels, bull riding, saddle rock. Six. Yeah, and we only had uh, in that first three. pool. Clint was the only Canadian bareback rider. Bull was the only Canadian tie down roper. Uh, Curtis Cassidy was the lone steer wrestler. Um, I think it was Brady Whiteside uh, representing Canada in the barrel racing. They had Shelby Spielman in there. I guess she's a honorary yeah. Canadian. Now. Um, and then in the bull riding, we just had, uh, Dakota butter. So, hmm. so it was, uh, not a big, uh, not a big Canadian contingent in the pool a and, uh, but three, three of them move on. So that was, that was good to see. Yeah, true. I just, I still think it's, uh, it's a knock to go that way. Just still going backwards, but yeah, I, I seen an interesting post from dusty Lavalley. you know, he's, Oh yeah. He, I need to go look at that here quick. And he talks about, you know, we had a, if, if, if there was an American rodeo and there was 54 Canadians and six Americans uh, in the first pool in a rodeo in the U S that it probably wouldn't go over that well. And, and uh, he got a lot, he got a lot of comments from a lot of pretty, uh, 
you know, pretty respected rodeo people that agreed and, hmm. and I don't disagree with it for sure. I, I mean, look at this week. I mean, one Canadian bareback rider, one Canadian tie down roper. And you're telling me that's all you can get into a pool, you know, three days in Canada, like one Canadian steer wrestler uh, in that first pool. Like we've got some of the best guys going in the world in these events, even in the, even in the bronc riding Zeke, the only Canadian, and I know there's more to come in pools B and C, but man, that's uh, it's a little disappointing for sure. Oh, hundred percent. And like Tanner Milan, I believe was supposed to be in. And I think he tore his peck or got hurt and just gets replaced by an American. So we're down even, even another Canadian at the stampede this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not ideal. Right. Like, so yeah. So here's, I, I, I hadn't seen this yet, but I'd heard about it. Um, one and nine, geez, six Canadians versus 53. Oh yeah. Has a Canadian flag by her name, but she's from the States, right? Shelby Spielman. Yeah. She's from the States. Could you imagine the biggest rodeo? Yeah, there's the piece there. Crowd would care less Americans. Oh, yeah. So here's the question you asked. Do you think the crowd would care if there was less Americans they had never heard of? <laughs> Highly doubt it. Heard over the years the crowd has complained about how lopsided the ratio is and they want to see more Canadians. Uh, get that the pool of talent is deeper in America, but I know for certain we can provide more Canadians in, event, in each event that are Canadian. Over the years... The list of giant examples of elite Canadians that were not invited and American further down the standings was selected. Do you hate Canadians? Is it sponsorship money dictating who gets invited? How can you think this looks good? I just don't get it. So, of course, you post a picture of the bareback ride and there's 10 people in the one Canadian's Clint Lay and he makes it through. Yeah. 334 shares, 166 comments. Hooli. And I'm not the most up to date on, on, you know, who's who in the, in the PRCA, but man, there's a lot of names when we've been sitting at home at night watching, I would not know who they are. And no, me and neither. When, when you never hear, heard of them, when you someone get announced from Canada, when you're in the stadium and you're at the rodeo, it's different. And it's tough to replicate that when there's one per event. Well, how about Heath Ford? I'm pretty sure Heath Ford has made the NFR in the bareback riding before. And he says, I know how special it is to Canada and the Canadian Cowboys and Cowgirls. I think there should be more Canadians in the stampede as well. This is coming from an American. I think that's even been on the board of directors for the PRCA. He yeah. says it should be more Canadian. Jeez. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I know we, I know we talked about it in the last show, but just, it's just tough to watch. Like yesterday when Bo, I think Bo was seven and two, the place goes nuts and they're going, they're not going nuts because he's seven and two. They're going nuts because he's from Stetler. You know, like same as Zeke. When when Brett starts talking about Zeke, I know he's a three-time world champ and he's a he's a bit of an anomaly when it comes to Bronc riders, but yeah, he's from Big Valley. Like he's two oh, yeah. hours from home and the and people are going nuts for him. So I, I don't know, it's, it's tough to replicate that. It was pretty cool to see the crowd or hear the crowd in uh in uh, in Pinoca actually too for Zeke. They play like Alicia did a really good job of making a few uh like spawn like not sponsored but like kind of highlight videos and like interviews. So she did that and they played that. We played that a couple times during the show and then Zeke rode like the, a couple days after that we showed that video and the crowd like we kind of we really amped him up. But like it was on like really really cool to see that there's rodeo fans and they like people know Zeke, but Zeke's also like you said like you said an anomaly. But I mean there's not like he's the most like the greatest Canadian rodeo athlete ever right like nobody else like marty wood won the world three times but anybody, but nobody else is even comparing right like we're watching a guy that's the greatest ever from canada right 
Oh, totally. And and for me being from the same hometown, watching watching him grow up as like a little kid, it's it's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Like yesterday, PK Saban uh took a picture with Zeke and like tagged him and was like, No way three time like one of the greatest ever, right? Like no way, Subban, that's really cool. PK was fanboying over Zeke. So like it's pretty pretty wild and 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 that's how we make fans. And honestly, like Zeke hasn't won Calgary since what 2017? Like he won 15, 16, 17. Like he hasn't won Calgary in in six years. But Calgary Calgary helped put him on a pedestal as a Canadian True. athlete. And they True. could do that with the Bo Coopers and they could do that with a lot more people. Oh yeah. But and but boost him up, it. right? But, but we're not. not. Yeah, like no. Zeke got in from his likely from his Canadian or world standings because he did he did do good in the world in 15. And like some of the arguments I've heard is that oh well, you can go qualify for the PRCA, but that's not the fucking point. Like I'm sorry, yeah. but the point is that it's Canadian rodeo and you can get to it from being in Canada. And now they're like, yeah. oh yeah, you can go qualify through the US. No, I don't want to qualify through the US. I want to qualify qualify through Canada and get a leg up from being Canadian and going to the Canadian rodeos and going and competing at a Canadian rodeo, right? Doesn't yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, I don't totally. want to go to the U.S. to try and qualify for the Calgary Stampede in Canada, right? And how about this? How about, well, how about the Calgary Stampede it doesn't even count in Canadian standings now? They're being dictated by the PRCA, which is an American association. And, like, I understand we want it to count for the world standings. Of course we do. But how does it not, how is the, how is it not a CPRA rodeo in any capacity? How? It's totally right? What the hell? Like, how do you not count it as points? Like, say, like, you win Calgary, you win, like, 20,000 of the standings max. Like, make it match Pinocchio somehow as standings-wise. But, like, how do you not have it be any – nothing to do with the CPRA? I don't know. Well, when there's only when there's only 20 CPRA members in it, it'd be, like – Yeah, overall, yeah. right. And that's yeah, the, that's the cool. argument with, that's, with that's the, the whole PRCA, problem, right? too. Right. They want to have more contestants count. So I get that. But here's another one from Blaine Peterson, world champion. He won the Calgary Stampede in 1988, 1991, and won $50,000. 32 years later, the prize money is still the same. There's another big issue that we could probably use to talk about more. Yeah. And rodeo and, prize money and, doesn't know, ever go up. Yeah. And, and all of us that took, you know, some pay cuts to work during the COVID years and, you know, yeah. Stampede in the Blues. And Friday, they've got record attendance. Uh, the the cheapest rodeo ticket my brother-in-law was trying to go on Sunday he could get was 200 and some bucks oh wow they're bringing money in, they're bringing money to that place and they need to pay the cowboys and cowgirls as far as I'm concerned yeah here's Lindsay Sears Calgary Houston Pinocchio Fort Worth San Antonio all the big rodeos write their own ground rules so Calgary does have the option to select competitors how they want it's not determined by the PRC or WPRA therefore Calgary prefers to select competitors from the PRC over CPRA that's two-time world champion Lindsay Sears there's a lot of people yeah. putting some. There's a lot of well-respected people on that post, and I, I know I took some time to read through them, and and uh, it's certainly it, there. No one's got the blinders on anymore, I don't think, and and it's good to see those kind of people speak out because they're all well-respected. And a lot of them have competed there and won money there, so yeah, or won it multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yeah I, you, think, I, you think that, yeah, like you're gonna sell more tickets to Canadians that are gonna go watch their family and friends, and like people aren't like people aren't gonna come from the U.S. in that same capacity. Although on yeah. the other side of things, like people are coming, the the stands are full. So, but I don't, I just don't think that they're coming to watch 
37th guy in the PRCA standings over somebody that's t- top four in Canada. I guess that's my, my well, argument. Last night when we, when we put the rodeo on, um, you know, once Clint rode, I fast forwarded to the tie on roping, watch bull rope, fast forwarded to the Bronco and watch Zeke ride. Like, and I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm deep rooted in Canadian rodeo. So, I mean, obviously, but even, you know, sitting with, uh, with the in-laws, like they don't know any of these other guys. They want to watch the local guys, you know, they, yeah, they want to see Canadian people. And, and, um, you know, I just, I just wish that we could get more content that we got so many good cowboys and, and here they are on opening weekend in, in Benalto, you know, battling out for, for $2,000 to the C- CPRA standings and, and uh, not getting to go down two, two hours south to, to compete for the big money and, and yeah. make a living. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we don't need to crap on Calgary anymore. So I'm glad people are showing up. I'm glad they're having a good rodeo. And on the second half, uh, we got an interview with uh, Lonnie West here coming up. I did this one a while ago. Um, we haven't seen Lonnie back. I, I don't actually know the update on what, and what, what he decided with his shoulders, but um, I'm going to check in with him here. Uh, we'll be back with the second half after this, but, uh, but thanks for, uh, thanks to Lonnie for, for, uh, for doing the show with us. And, uh, and thanks to Dustin for doing this top and bottom of the show with me here. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with a second, uh, with the interview right after this. Well, I've been known to write a few songs, loving and leaving and get too stoned. Bottle and a pistol by my side, the devil's always alone for the ride. We ride down to the creek by the water. I've been baptized by the preacher's daughter. Lucky for me, now he never caught us so. Oh, we ride to the bar by Levy, 85 jacked up square by the Chevy. Blanket in the back when it gets hot and heavy. Sippin' on apple pie, moonshine, and I'll be gone by the morning light. All right, welcome to another episode of Cowboy Ship. My name is Ted Stoven, and with me today, he's a seven-time PBR Canada Finals qualifier, and five times he's qualified for the Canadian Finals Rodeo in the bull riding. Comes from a bull riding family. His dad won the Calgary Stampede in, I think, 1989, wasn't it? Yeah, I yep, think so. Man. All right. So joining us today is Mr. Lonnie West. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, forward to it. It's been a long time coming, Lonnie. You've been on the list for a long time, so I'm glad we got connected here and can uh, can have the visit. So we're uh, yeah. kind of in kind of in the downtime for you. You've uh, you've battled injury for a few years here now and had some bad shoulders, but just get right into it here. Tell us what's been going on, where you're at with things and, and, uh, when we're going to see you again. Um, yeah, well, I don't really know when I'll be back. Um, as of today, things have changed a bit, but yeah, I've been off and on with shoulders the last couple of years. I'd say been fighting them here and there, but been going steady, been getting through it. Um, up until CFR, November, um, second round, um, dislocated this right shoulder of mine. Um, and it was bad enough that they had to go in and fix it right away. Um, the rotator cuff went tore right off. So got that surgery done March 3rd. Uh, so I've been 12 weeks now without it. Um, and I'm just starting, just getting going on my rehab, basically been stretching and stuff, but 
other than that, it's going to be a, a bit yet. Um, it's and looking like probably fall, eh? probably like November. Yeah. So I'll probably be, I don't know. I, I might even be able to push it to say November getting on, but by then it's like, you know, there's nothing, not much really. So I'll probably take yeah. that extra month. Um, yeah. Just start my the goal season was, fresh. Yeah. Yeah, and my, my plan was if I could get my injury exemptions through the PRCA, um, yep. hopefully they'll roll them into San Antonio and stuff. Yeah. Um, so then I can go to some big rodeos right when I get back, you know, go to a few practices and then and then hit it. But that's the plan. So, yeah, it'll be all year just rehabbing and doing wedding stuff. <laughs> You're getting married uh, uh, August 17th uh, later this summer. It's, uh, yep. you've been, you guys, uh, that's got, got to be a huge thing to be looking forward to on an, on an off season. It's, it's too tough to, mm-hmm. it's tough to have to take a year off, but, but at least yeah. you got that, yeah. that going on, eh? Yeah. Honestly, if there was a year to miss, it's this year. One thing yeah. I've learned about the wedding stuff is there's a shitload of planning to do. <laughs> Not that I do much of it, but. <laughs> Especially when you so, got yeah, two brother, two brothers. Yeah. So it'll be good. Just focus on that now. And just get my shoulder good so I can maybe have a first dance at my wedding. And yeah, there you go. <laughs> that'll keep me sane. Uh, you uh, you said you were in Edmonton today and seeing, I forgot who you said you saw, but you you were seeing uh, a couple, I want to say specialists, doctors, surgeons, somebody. Yep. Uh, I think I think you said you had a tw- uh, you had three month or what two month checkup? It was like eight week checkup or what was it again? Yeah, twelve weeks. So I seen um, Doctor Harding who did my shoulder, he fixed it in Edmonton. Um, so I've been just back and forth. It's been once, twice a month, been up to Edmonton, um, just checking in, going through the steps. I've kind of been a little slow with my steps, but I've just, I know I got a whole year to take off. So just taking it slow, making sure I'm not moving too fast and hurting something. But yeah, I was cleared for my 12 week checkup today to start rehab. Um, so I went and seen the surgeon, um, and then I went to Acumen after I've been with Acumen for, I don't know, two, two years now, just with my shoulders and they've been awesome for me and they're the best at getting people back doing what they're doing. So I'm just going to stick with them throughout this did, whole process. And did they do the surgery too? I don't know. The, I don't know the name you mentioned on the surgeon side. Is he, is he the guy, is, uh, he, is the, he the Acumen guy? No, but they do have a surgeon. Um, okay. he's a private surgeon. So I was, okay. I got it lined up actually Brooke through sports med. Yeah. Brooke, um, uh, Jensen. Yeah. So she, she lined it all up and I actually got it through the public system. So I didn't have to pay for it, but I got, yeah. a, so you're a four months later good... than you wanted to be. Yeah. So I probably should have had it done. Um, this surgeon said, obviously I should have had it done the week after the CFR. Yeah. But I wasn't prepared for that. Um, I had a uh, big project on the go. Like uh, I'm a heavy duty mechanic when I'm not bull riding. Mm-hmm. Um, and had a truck I was building um, to flip. So and I was midway through that. So I I just hammered that out until the new year. And then once I was done that, then they went ahead with the uh, MRIs, and so it took a little bit. But but really, in hindsight. Um, even if I would have got it done, you know, early December or something, I probably wouldn't have, I would have still missed everything for this year anyways. But yeah, it was a little risky waiting that long too. But Well, 
but but risky in risky in what way like in, in risky in like your shoulder freezing and you're really screwed because the muscles die or something yeah or like, oh really oh it's yeah so okay. the yeah because when it tore right off it retracted right like it's a muscle up here and it retracted all the way down to my pec oh, and sometimes he said they can't get that muscle pulled back up to reattach it and if oh, that's geez. the case then they'll have to do a they'll graft a muscle or whatnot but Oh boy. So I was lucky. He said the muscle was still very healthy, which was good. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that bad. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I I know, uh, I know, uh, you probably shook Vern McDonald's hand though. And like his arm is, is dead from like, (laughs) it's screwed, right? Like his whole one arm is just, unfortunately for it's dead um, weight, right? Like it's just screwed. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to wait that long. Well, even Koi's shoulder when he heard it, um, it wasn't from leaving it too long, but uh, I think they cut his nerve or something, that deltoid nerve. And his nerve, I think his deltoid nerve actually, or the deltoid muscle died. I don't yeah. know if it happened. I think most of it maybe came back, but oh, shit. he battled that for, you know, over a year. Coy Robbins? Just that muscle. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, remember when he blew his, that shoulder out in cameras? I don't really know. It was Red Deer. I don't really yeah, recall. Red Deer. But, holy shit. That's it wild. was more or less oh. a surgery surgery gone wrong. That oh, okay. Case. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, uh, Brooke, funny story. Brooke was the one that lined my shoulder surgery up because I, I did the same thing. I tore my rotator cuff and my labrum back in 2009 was the first time I dislocated it, and it came out seven different times. And then, yeah, Brooke helped me get it fixed and get me going again like uh, 13 years ago now was when I got yeah, my right. surgery. It was like October 2013. Yeah, so... Uh, so she helped me out too. Oh yeah. Mine is bangled right up. It's not fun. (laughs) No, no. And then, and then for me, like, uh, I never, I, like I was never very good, but, but I had a really hard time coming back from it. What are your thoughts on coming Mm -hmm. back from it? And just, what are your, like, are you, are you worried about Uh, it at all? No, I'm not worried about it, especially because I didn't have really, I didn't have any trouble with it. And, and you know, then it wasn't a iffy surgery, like, they got her screwed down and he said it's bolted down tight. Okay, good. Um, and I trust Acumen, like, you know, those guys, they don't bullshit you. Mm-hmm. And you go through the process and you go through the whole rehab and, you know, don't skip any steps. And I have full faith that they'll help me get to where I need to be with that mm-hmm. shoulder. Um, the other shoulder, though, I'm not, not too confident. <laughs> yeah, well, so that was the other thing. We kind of, we didn't, you didn't really get into it much yet, but but you uh, you actually went in there today and you're, now you got to get the other one fixed too. You might have to get, you might have to get it done like here pretty quick. And then, cause you can't get them both yeah. done at the same time. Then you can't wipe your own ass. So you got like, now, yeah, I know. now you got one good yeah, one. That's <laughs> what I, yeah. That's what I told him too. So that, yeah, that, it would have been ideal to do them both at the same time, but I'd have to have someone wipe my ass. I don't think yeah. Jordan would do that. <laughs> but yeah, I had a, I went for an MRI last week and I knew that shoulder had been, bad obviously I, I was kind of prepared for what they were going to tell me I wasn't I wasn't sure how bad it was going to be but I was ready for you know that's the game that's how it goes and yeah it uh when I when I first heard it I think it was 19 um big uh big white bull Kessler stepped on the back of my shoulder blade in medicine hat um and it must have tore then because I was pretty pretty laid up with it for a while and then I just took some time off and then I rehabbed it a bit and went back to it and then uh after that it just you know the odd time it would kind of pop out and 
but it always go back in. It just kind of would pop out and slam back in. And fast forward to where we're at now, uh, all of 2021, I really battled it before I got in with Acumen. Um, and then I got in with Acumen and they got me on a good rehab program. Uh, and we braced it as well for all of 2022 and it was That's good. your I didn't have free any arm, right? Or no, your riding arm. Uh, riding arm. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't, we, that's why we weren't too worried about it because I didn't have to get it up in the air. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like 2021, it popped out probably, I don't know, like every time I'd ride, it would happen and oh. I wasn't even braced at the time. I was just fighting through that year. Brutal. So it probably come out 30, 40 times. Oh, and so then last year rehab, it was pretty strong, but it would still happen. Um, and then this winter, I noticed it a lot, you know, just doing heavy duty mechanic work. Uh, I'd have my arm in the air and be pushing on something and it would just pop out. And it, oh, and when it pops out, it's very aggressive. Like it, it'll drop you right to your knees and you get sick and you, yeah. can't, you can't do anything with your arm. Obviously, you know that feeling, yeah. right? It's awful. So, yeah. So the 40 or 50 or 60, however many times this has happened to me, you know, damn near every bull I got on since oh. it's, it's wore that the ball is slammed into that socket so many times it's wore that socket down oh, no. and that ball is very deformed now. So yeah, there, that's what I had the discussion with that guy today about my MRI. He said, your labrum's completely screwed. He said, it's tore all over on the front the bottom and the back side of it. Um, and he said, your ligaments are, are stretched on the bone where the muscle attaches. So, you know, even rehabbing the muscles isn't really going to help that stability because it's still not tightening the ligaments that are attached to the bone. So they have oh, to cut man. those short number or whatever. Oh man. So it would be quite the, pro quite the process and then probably a bone graft on the back of my ball or socket to fill that bend so it can't pop out as easy. Holy shit. So yeah, now my, now my goal for like coming back with this right shoulder for January is I, I don't even, my head is still spinning from today. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Oh man. Cause it's either, he said it's too early to do it right now. Um, just because this shoulder isn't fully even ready to work. Yeah. And so that would put me, I wouldn't be able to get done until after the wedding, you know, and that's mid August. So I might be, you know, by the time you get your CT scans and your MRIs, you might be end of September, you know, October, say October is early, you know, it's a six month recovery at least. So October, November, December, January, February, March, April, you know, then I'm already into the springtime. I've already missed my winter rodeos and my, and my stuff there. So I would just have to readjust my focus to, you know, a good year in Canada and Holy. maybe in the fall get into some stuff because I, I really my goal was i wanted to i want to make a run for the nfr i wanted to push down south rodeo hard as much as i could all year next year mm -hmm. but yeah jeez and you that's and just you, that's you can't even get it done yet like ahead of time because you're kind of no you can't get it done now yeah, like get he, back in better time yeah he needs to see this shoulder you know, fully working because they won't completely disable you. Um, yeah. and I also wouldn't get it done before the wedding because I would, yeah, I true. just, there's way too much shit to do. Right. Oh, you know, man. I wouldn't build, I'd be that in a sling. <laughs> that sucks. So, so but, yeah, but it's, it's so, it's so mangled but... too. And you're like, 
You're what are you, Adrian now? Twenty six or seven? Twenty seven, yeah. Twenty seven. So basically, and yeah. you're you're going to be twenty eight this year. Or are you early year? Yeah. You'll be twenty eight. I'll this be twenty eight in December. In December. Yeah. So, yeah, you'd mm-hmm. be like you're losing like a whole year and a bit. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, that's yeah. a tough one. Yeah, it definitely takes a year off. <laughs> well, and you're that is tough, and I I really haven't processed it quite yet. Like I said, I just found this out today not too many hours ago so i was on the drive home is really all i've had to think about it so yeah i don't really know yeah i just i have to sleep on it for a bit because like i'm not you know that's what one thing is you know i'm maybe i don't know maybe i'm prone my body's a little more prone to injuries or whatever you know what why do you think that might be though like why would you why do you think you might be more prone to it like what what are your why I don't know. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's maybe you're too wooden headed, you know, sometimes huh. you got bucked off either way, but you could have, you could have took tucked the and rolled better. easy way out. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. like sometimes you, you gotta yourself, know when to eh? try and when to, when to fly. Yeah. But hmm. you know, That's I don't tight. know. It's just, yeah, you, you see it with, you know, there's lots of people, you know, I'm not no bodybuilder, no, I don't, I'm not one of them guys. It's just a, a gym junkie. Right. But yeah, you see them guys that were in amazing shape. Um, like Chad Bestplug, you know, you got hurt that guy was too. just in awesome shape all the time for what I remember. And, and he had a sh- his shoulders done numerous times. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is it just luck of the draw? Is it maybe? Yeah. Obviously I think probably not being, a bigger guy, you know, less muscle maybe, maybe affects that. But whether you got 200 pounds of muscle or 130 pounds of muscle, when an 1800 pound bull steps on you, it's going to tear something regardless. You're still so, screwed. Yeah. I don't really know what it is, huh. but that's part of the game. I'm not going to sit here and bitch and, and yeah. for me, you know, like yeah. I'm the only guy that's ever injured. Right. But it's definitely not ideal. No, I feel for you, Lonnie. That's, that's uh that's a tough one that's i don't know i don't know what a guy would do because you're like you don't want to well like for yeah, I don't, like, yeah like i i mean i was never like i told you before like i was never good enough to have a problem like this to think like to make mm-hmm. a living at this and want to try and come back but that's a yeah. that's quite the dilemma to to have to think yeah. about you know being off potentially off that long and missing bigger part of two seasons yeah. almost that's yeah. I feel bad for it. Yeah, you. really. Like, especially I had some stuff, goals in mind, right? That I wanted to hit. Like, yeah. I'm not getting any younger, obviously. So, yeah. It'd be nice to rodeo when you're still able to, you know, rodeo can, hard. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know the way I see it. I got three options. You got option A. You could just take the easy way out and quit. True. You know, say fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, I'm true. not going to do. Honestly, yeah, you could. Yeah. Or, or you could take you know, that extra half a year, whatever it works out to be. Yeah. Say you lose another year. You get it done in September. Whatever. You get it done like, like August 19th. And then you're, you know, that's, you're back, you're, you might be back for San Antonio. Maybe it's February, you know, like, like it's six months is probably the, the short end of it. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. And San Antonio's, I think, end of January. It's February. Start start of start, start of February, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe yeah. It's so you might be able. So to you make can either yeah get it yeah 
you can be optimistic for sure. I just know yeah. unless I'm going to pay for a private one, you know, going through that public one like I did, you definitely have to wait. But also the guy that did my surgery, he's pretty badass. Like when I first talked to him, he said, I don't care what we got to do. He said, you need your shoulder fixed yesterday. He said, I'll cancel whatever the hell I got going on. He was cussing just like I do. Oh, really? Awesome. Holy. <laughs> yeah, he said, he said, fuck it all. I'll get you in. I'll do you right in the emergency room, whatever hospital I can get you in. Like, oh, really? And he oh, did. Shit. He got me and he called me like I had a week notice. Really? Oh, shit. When he called so me, where'd you yeah. go to do it at? Right at uh, the Grey Nuns in Edmonton. Oh, really? I ended up doing it. Oh, wow. Huh. So I'm sure he would probably get me in soon. So you got option B, you know, do get both. them both done and yeah. be done with it because yeah. I've been battling it for long enough. I'm Yeah, like I'm, four or five seasons now. Yeah, it's aggravating. It gets old being the guy that's always walking out, you know, looking like you're hurt and, you know, maybe and you are because you're fucking maybe they think you're faking it or what but <laughs> yeah no definitely not you know, e- either way it's like you know you don't want the spotlight on you for being, being hurt. hurt you know yeah. i would yeah. think of, i remember aaron Roy when he broke his back there for the five years after his intros all it was was this guy broke his back and he's back <laughs> you know that's get over it like the injury stuff gets old yeah. or i've been thinking maybe you know, do what I did in 2022. 2022 was the best year I ever had. Yeah. Money wise and finals wise and whatnot. And that was just a rehab. But mm. the only thing that's steering me away from that is even, you know, I had a good year. I still, my daily stuff at home, you know, I couldn't lift my arm above my head. I couldn't yeah. do any overhead work when it when my thumb was pointing down, it would want to roll out. So even though it was, it, I had a good year, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was back to normal. Yeah. We just, because it was my riding arm, we knew we could tie it down yeah. and as long as it didn't get stretched out. And that also got me in a shitload of wrecks, which I didn't yeah. like at all. Yeah. Like, well, and, it, and you can't catch yourself on, to get on, the, like to land on your, mm-hmm. land on all fours because no, like, it'll go out then too. And you can't, you can't lift it up yeah. there. So you're, you're like mm-hmm. T-Rex arming it and it's, yeah, yeah it's fucking Well, and it, it's, it, yeah, it's dangerous. Like look at, Oh, yeah. Well, I had both both shoulders hurt, but when I heard it in the last round or second round at CFR last year, I had both shoulders were taped completely down. I couldn't pick up both shoulders even level with my holy shit with my shoulder blades. So, and I was landing. I would just get off. I would let go. I had no momentum because you got no arm. I would just okay. get off, look over to the side, and land on my back like Big Bird almost stepped on the head. Oh no! And then I had that. Uh, Big white acasters wrecked me out in like round four. It was, it was just not pretty at Jeez. all. Jeez, man, I can't. I didn't. I did not know this is what you're going through. The, the and then that remember it the remember the week after at the PBR finals, Edmonton. I knew my shoulders wrecked. I thought, piss on it, I'm gonna get on it anyways. Yeah. And I had my old buddy positively banging that I've won a shitload of money on, and mm-hmm. he both killed me. And then I finally <laughs> realized it's like, hey, I'm. I think Prescott got actually ran over in one of them deals on my next bowl. Then I kind of said, okay, this, I'm a fucking liability. Like, yeah, I gotta quit. I gotta go get this. I gotta get this. So I didn't even compete. I didn't even compete the second day. And you, you know, what I'm getting at is you just don't want to be that guy. That's always hurt. Always putting bullfighters in the, like, you know, they're, you know, they're Brett and Tanner and Ty and all them guys are the best in in the business. So, and you know, Mm -hmm. You're not worried about it because you know they're going to step in for you, but you don't want to be getting them hurt. 
Yeah. Because Jeez. you're, you know. Yeah, because you're but... you're you're compromised. Honestly, mm-hmm. you're very compromised. Um. So what do you what do yeah, you right? we didn't get to see yet? Let's see. We got it. We got A is quit. B is get them both fixed. I guess C C was C was roll on, roll on. Which I'm leaning towards B right now. Honestly, I just talked to Brock right before this, and he said get them both fixed and get them right. Yeah. Really, if I can get it, you know, even if it's a six month recovery, if I can get it fixed in say October at the latest, Mm -hmm. then I'm I'm not a full six months after this year off. Like I'm I can overlap them last two months, October November when I was gonna come back, say December. You know, I'm I'm saving two months. So 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 wait, you'd yeah, if I can't go to the winter. You'd ride this fall and then get the next one fixed and ride again the next year? No, no. I would, after uh, the wedding and whatnot this year, I would get it fixed. Okay. You know, this October. And then I would be back, say, you know, maybe shoot for Koi's Koi's bull riding or something, you know? Yeah, in May. Yeah. Get a full season of PBR Canada stuff. You can still win a hundred grand in Canada. Yeah. And that's what I'd do. I would, if I'm going to do that, I'll just focus on, you know, I'd really... I'd really like to get a, a Canadian champion bull riding. Yeah, you know, in the in the, in the CPRA and the PBR. Yeah, both absolutely. Canada stuff. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd just focus hard on my, those national championships. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's I'd be happy oh. if I could just go bull ride next year, right? And you can get your uh, you can get your qualifications up for the PRCA just mm-hmm. in Canada too, like. Look at how much Parsnip yeah. won last year. Like he won, mm-hmm. he won a shitload yeah. just in Canada, didn't he? Did he win like sixty thousand? Yeah, and he, yeah, he won quite a bit up here. And I mean, yeah, you can, you know, if I'm back in the springtime, you can roll into, you know, you hit Pinocchio, right? Like I did last year. Well, oh yeah, like you're gonna win thirty thousand, and yeah, you're you rocking. Know, it's, it's not easy, but like it's doable. It's definitely doable. Oh yeah, missing the big road. Well, and Jordan well, Hansen, like that guy's made the NFR. Few just, times. not just from but like you know he's had really good falls that have boosted him up there oh yeah so yeah and you had a forty six thousand like, dollar regular season in canada like that's that's mm-hmm. pretty huge yeah yeah so there's nothing wrong with that that's not the end of the world um like i just putting it in perspective you know i it's shitty what i'm going through but like um my younger brother bryce look what he's gone through in five years he's been on like four bowls or five bowls just because yeah. he's his hips are so bad and he finally just got a full hip replacement uh two weeks before i got my shoulder fixed he Holy paid shit. for one he went flew, flew to montreal to a hip specialist and really they cut his cut his femur off and hammered a rod in there and a porcelain ball and fixed her up no way so he and he's hoping to come back for the fall too he's kind of shooting for the October PBR stuff, I guess. What is what is uh, what does Bryce do for a living? Otherwise, I don't know that. Uh, he started off uh, last year selling um, like deer horn dog treats, kind of, mm-hmm. and now he's kind of just grown out of that, and he's actually just uh, kind of like wholesaling. I guess you'd say deer antler, elk antler. He just buys and sells, cuts up deer horn for people that sell them to whatever for dog treats or oh wow right on mm-hmm. where yeah, does he been super busy with where does he get everything from all over drives yeah. just all over alberta and saskatchewan who's ever got if you got you know loads got of deer shits. horn or 
Yep. Yeah. Anything elk antler and all that stuff. So, huh. but yeah, he's he's hoping to come back this year. Be his first first year back since twenty twenty twenty. I think he got on one bull at Chad's uh, bull riding before they canceled it. Huh. Or before the COVID stuff. Hit. The year, yeah, twenty, yeah, the same year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I'm just looking at some of the stats. Just wanted to look back and do a few things here. But uh, you, uh, so Billy won the Billy won the permit and the rookie of the year in 2014. Then you won the rookie of the year in 2015. And you won yep. the steer riding in 2009. Is that right? No, never did. I never did win the steer riding. I thought you did. Um, Bryce won it in 2009. Oh, or maybe he won it in 2010 or something. I gotta go look. I won um, Calgary, but I never won. Oh, okay. That's where I went. Never but mm-hmm. then you yeah, had the 92. They yeah. tried to mark, they tried to mark you a hundred in the steer riding. You got a ninety two in, ca- in like, cameras. That was my claim to fame, my highest score until uh yeah. Pinocchio last year. Until Pinocchio last year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I forgot Probably. about the I forgot about that. Let's get let's get into some of that now. So the but yeah. I guess then we can talk about we can talk about your family a little bit afterwards too, but but you uh with, with Billy winning or like you guys both won the rookie of the year titles and, and uh and whatnot that way, but I would say, well, out of the three of you, you've, you've, you're the most accomplished to this point, but there's no saying he, like Billy, Billy, is he still going to all or done or where is he at with things? I don't, I don't uh, even know that. He, he, yeah, he's done. I would say he's he quit, never really good. said it, but he's, he's, I think he's Not done. He back. just actually had another little, little girl last week. Yeah. So he's oh, got congrats. four little ones running around and he's plenty busy and, and okay. happy with that. No time for bull riding now. So, so, but. But your dad, so you won Calgary in the steer riding. Uh, did either of your other brothers win it too? I forget now. Uh, no, no. Bryce won. Um, Canada in 2010. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, I won Calgary in 2008. But no, okay. honestly, as a steer rider, like, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't good, I guess. But like Bryce did a lot of the winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and going through the ranks, like junior bull riding, I won the one year I won all three uh, amateur associations, didn't you? No, I won two, but the year before that, Billy was still riding junior bulls and I won runner up to him in the FCA LRA and the WRA because he won them all. Oh geez. And so for (laughs) those, for those that don't know, for those that don't know, uh, those are all the semi-pro amateur associations in Alberta. WRA is the wild rose rodeo association, kind of like the Northwest part of the province. LRA is Northeast part of the province. Lakeland Rodeo and then FCA's Foothills Cowboys used used to be the finals in Red Deer, uh, but now hmm. where I don't even know Strathmore Nanton. I don't know they kind of gone a yeah, bit they bounced lately. around a bit. Honestly, yeah. I've been looking at some of the amateur stuff. I looked at some stuff from the LRA yesterday. I think it was just it popped up and and there's like no one going at them anymore. Like when we were steer riders, there was a big deal back there. There was 30, 30 kids going. You know there was. 20 amateur bull riders like it was a battle yeah it was tough it was tough for an amateur guy it was it was tough winning like you had to be riding you know it was all of us billy rice brock justin carlier yeah um armando huh. davila guys you know it was it was good to coming up and jordy hansen todd Kadowitz, yeah. you know oh yeah todd did really us. good at those too didn't he remember that todd was yeah, like todd, season leader todd, in the fca wasn't he yeah he triple crowned uh, the one FCA, all three. LRA, and WRA one year, yeah. That's right. 
Jake Stemo, he was riding bulls at back then. He was oh, really salty. Dang. Yeah, it was good. Well, and so but going I, back. Yeah, I, sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say too. Yeah, going back to that. Um, so Billy won uh, the rookie of the year in 14 in the CPRA, and I won it in 15. Yeah. Um, but dad won it and has the same plaque, actually. They never changed those plaques. Oh, in same award. I believe. Yep. Oh, really? I think it was 85. Uh, he won rookie. Which you can probably oh that's it. steer riding. I'm just gonna go back to rookie. So permanent award. Uh, what are we going back to? 85. Clayton Keeley 85 won the permanent award. Uh, Rod Hay won it in in uh, in 89. That's kind of cool. Uh, where's the rookie <laughs> of the year though? Cow milk, not the cow milking. That's not the right one. Rookie of the year. Okay, 1985, 86. Kevin West, 1986. 86. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. then. But then, so your dad, your dad won, uh, won the fifty thousand in Calgary in eighty nine, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he he honestly had a short career. And now that I think about it, I'm not not that my career has been short, but it, kind of following <laughs> in his footsteps is because uh, he he retired from a, a bad shoulder. Oh, was it? He I thought he blew up. his blew his knee up in like Alabama or something one time. I remember that. Yeah, he, he did. About that he too. did blow, blow, Yeah, he blew his knee up too, but he broke his shoulder. I think the knee was right before it was kind of a just a jumbled up thing of injuries but he broke his ball right off his arm whatever oh, bone that is mm-hmm. who, who and then was? he never got it fixed so really? he had he had an option to yeah he had an option to get it fixed and but he wouldn't be able to ride again and then he would still be out for the you know a year or whatever with the surgeries and then you know with a replacement shoulder they say they're not very good or just quit and let it heal oh, and him like his shoulder is terrible i don't want to be like that still probably hey like it's still today. probably mangled yeah like there was some times there uh, a few years ago like it would just fall out when he was sleeping and he'd wake oh, up and his God. shoulder is dislocated and then he would jam it under the mattress and lean on the mattress and pull and get it back in place you know at three holy shit holy <laughs> so shit. he needs his he needs his done i've i've been telling him that he should go and get it but he doesn't huh. think there's a good time for it holy shit so i don't want to be like that because that's what this guy was telling me that you know if you don't get your fix you're gonna be full of arthritis and it's gonna be shitty but yeah anyways crap <laughs> so it sounds like option b at this point unfortunately i'm thinking option b we'll see um, what the morning brings yeah yeah, sleep on it. Always got to sleep on those kind of <laughs> things. The uh, so so okay. So I want to go back. You had uh, I I got to talk about Pinoka because we just had Nansen on the other day, and he said that was like I don't know if it was one of or if he said it was the best ride he's seen in, uh, maybe ever up here. Like that <laughs> that was such a badass ride. Like I thought you're gonna be like 94 that day. That was so awesome. <laughs> so so setting yeah, it up that- though. Sorry, it's the short round of Pinoka, the final like the final four round of Pinoka. Uh, like the last guy of the whole show, somebody else was just 90. Were they not like, wasn't Edgar somebody just 90? Yeah. Jerry was like 89 and a Jerry. half or something. On, yeah. Uh, that Calgary bull. Yeah. So yeah, Parsons, it was a, it was an awesome a week. Yeah. Where like, uh, me and Jerry battled it out all week there. I think he was, can't remember what he ended up in the long round. He was like, maybe he was second, I think, or something or third. Uh, and then we went to the 12 round and he, Jared won second in that i won first in the 12 round and then he went first or not first but he went for me in the four round and was like 89 and a half or 90 or whatever he was so that was a freaking that alone to me like just that atmosphere 
just makes it a bull riding like that. It just makes a bull ride seem so much better, you know. You know, if you're like, if you're 92 points at Kennedy Rodeo, it's <laughs> not, not as big of a deal. <laughs> 90, 92 points at Pinoca. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Not the Kennedy, not, not shit on the rodeo, but, you know. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, that, I would say that was probably, uh, that was probably my jammiest bull ride. Maybe not the toughest ride I've ever made, but you know, some, some tough rides steer only 78 points. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And that one, yeah. it, like, it looked like, uh, it looked pretty smooth though. Like the bull went the same way, but he was mm-hmm. super up and down. Like it seemed like he was really, really steep. Yeah. That, those are fun. That, those are the rides that just make you never, everyone have to quit bull riding. Cause yeah. you know, in that moment it was like, it was all on the line. I remember climbing in right after Jerry went and I just smiled to myself. I thought, fuck yeah, this is, this is what we live for. These are the moments, you know, it's time to shine. You've taught yourself all you can teach yourself. Your body knows what to do. And honestly, just climbing in there, I, I was excited, but I wasn't even really nervous. I just thought I didn't know anything about the bull for one Nance and I just brought him up. I think he bucked him at Wainwright once. Oh, wow. Okay. The week before. Yeah. Tyler Craig got on him. So when we went up there and drew him out of the hat, and I'm, Nansen had told me, he said, that's the one you want. But I didn't know anything of him. Like, yeah. I didn't even have I had no idea. watch videos because you go there and, and pick him out of the hat. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's go time. So he said, that was the one you want. And that was the one I drew. So I thought, well, shit. Because it would, probably wouldn't have been my pick. If I had a pick, probably would have picked one of them bulls that I had so seen. you knew. You know? Yeah. Not a, yeah. just a total not, newbie. Not that yeah. he wasn't good. But, but honestly, if I wouldn't have picked. Say if I would have picked something different, you know, or whatever, it could have played out either way. But oh yeah, that was probably the bull that you would get the highest score on for sure. Like that was the one you needed if you wanted to win. Yeah, so it worked so out. It worked way. out, and, I'm, and riding him like, yeah, he was, he was a fairly honest bull. But I just remember when he stacked him up out of there, it felt like I was like, holy shit! It's either you know those moments when you're riding and you don't know if your heels are gonna click and fly over your head or if you're gonna make that next round. And he was kind of snatching my chin, and I just tried tucking my chin as hard as I could and I was just chucking for all I was worth and the whistle <laughs> went and I actually got off of my feet. I don't know how I managed that, but <laughs> oh, that it was... just everything just was worked out better than I could have planned it. But I know yeah, I not... always think about that ride. There's not a lot of times where I get jacked up up in my spot, but like that was that was one where I was think I was screaming the whole time. I was so pumped up <laughs> to see such a good ride. Yeah, I, I appreciate when uh I come back and, and Jared was laughing. He was, ha- he was happy. He was, you know, Jared's just an awesome, awesome buddy and traveling partner. You know, he appreciates a good competition, right? You know, he's one of those guys that he, you know, he's going to put out the effort and, and probably make a good ride. And, and he appreciates when, you know, when he's riding against it too. And he just slapped me on the back and said, that was, that was freaking legit. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that. Oh yeah. So uh, Pinoca though, like I got a lot of history with Pinoca. Yeah. Um, cause my rookie or yeah, my rookie the, year. That's was it Cooper's what sealed year? it. Yeah. So that year I went to sundry, um, and I didn't even have, or it was right. Yeah. It was, I think it was sundry. I had entered Pinoca, but I was on my semi pro or my permit or I was on my permit. And if I didn't win money at Sundry, my card wouldn't have been filled 
for my money to count at Pinoka. Oh, no way. And I needed like two, I needed 200 and some bucks, I think. And I won like 250 in day money. I didn't even place at the rodeo, I don't think. No won way. enough day money at Sundry. So I called in because that's the weekend right before Pinoka. Yeah. Called into the office and said, hey, like, I just want to make sure that you guys got my semi-pro updated and we're good to go here. And they did, got it updated. And then, yeah, I had a, I mean, didn't win Pinoka, but I had a pretty good week there. I placed in the long round. Um, and then I was the only guy to ride in the 12 round. Uh, and I had that Cooper's comment, another bull I didn't know anything of. And that was, that was probably, I think that bull, that bull I was probably even with the bull ride I made there last year. Like I was 90 and three quarters there, but, um, that bull was bucking, went both ways, tried me both ways. I, I had him gathered up both ways. So, and I ended up winning a shitload that, that <laughs> week too. So that, and well, that's kind of what sealed my rookie of the year. And, and your first trip that. to the CFR. Cause it all counted yep. then, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, uh, and I remember looking back, that was my goal. Cause Billy had won. I'm, Dad had won the rookie of the year and Billy had won it the year before. So I was like, okay, I, I don't even care if I made CFR, however it works out. I said, I need to win the rookie of the year because you got one shot. So yeah, that was my goal that year. And, and it worked out, thankfully, for Pinocchio Stampede. <laughs> How much did you win out of there? Mm, I think, uh, dude, I can't remember. I think it's it was like, like 15000 or something. 15000 So both years you probably mm-hmm. won 15000 or so? Uh, last year I won like 25,000 out of Pinoka. Holy shit. Because there was only two rides in the 12 round and there was only two rides in, um, the four round. So we oh, and yeah. won a bunch of down money and Holy I won every shit. single round. Yeah. Holy shit. So, so far- yeah. And then I went to Williams Lake and won like 3,000 or 3,500 there. So I had like a. Twenty twenty nine thousand dollar week. Holy! Between two what, rodeos. What'd you do with all your What'd you do with all your cashola at the end of the week? I don't know. It went somewhere. Gone? I don't have it though. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, that's neat. That's neat to think about Pinocchio. Though mm. I, I know, I love I loved yeah. Pinocchio. That was my favorite place. I always just like walked through the tunnel and just thought it was the fate. Like just mm-hmm. so so cool, yeah. right? Like that was the first yeah, that's place. Ha- First place that I ever. That's really... my favorite rodeo. I've got a lot of history with, like, I won it in steer riding in yeah. um, 2009, I think, and that's the John Dodds Memorial. Yeah, buckle. that's right. That's that's the one the steer riders want to win. Yeah. Um, I rode the bounty cow there one year, or I guess that year because the winner gets on the bounty cow. I was 86 on the bounty cow. <laughs> won the oh, bounty really? that. Oh wow! And won quite a bit there because at Pinoka back then, I don't know if it's still the same, but. If they didn't ride the bounty cow the year before that, all that money rolls over. Yeah. So how many years was it? I can't remember because Billy won it not too many years before that. And he oh. rode the bounty cow. So I didn't get that much, but yeah, <laughs> as a steer editor, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Dang, that's really And cool. then there's been, there's been a couple more years, uh, Pinocchio and the bull riding, um, in 2019, I think, um, I, I placed in the long run pretty good. I made it to the 12 round didn't ride in 12 round but yeah it's one definitely you don't want to miss so hopefully hopefully next year guy can be there healed up for that one i even liked going there in in as the high school rodeos like it was one of the first places Mm -hmm. that i it was it was actually the place that launched my career 
for some reason I was oh, going yeah. to like the amateur rodeos and then my dad or like we were going to some and they're like, Oh, you guys should come to the pro rodeos too. And like I hadn't done shit before Pinocchio, right? Like for some reason we were just gonna go to the pros. So entered up, I had like I had like you you would know uh uh Clayton Hines would know Clay like know who he yep. was. And so mm-hmm. his Clayton's dad gave me some shaps to wear and they were like from the nineteen fifties and they were like they're really, really <laughs> cool shaps looking back, but they were like I didn't look like I belonged at this point. I didn't have any like real shaps. They were like yeah. there's no fringe on them. They like tied up really weird and I had a garbage shirt on and a hockey helmet and like I just looked like a total <laughs> total noob, right? But showed up there and Donnie Johansson's in the shoot and helps me in the shoot. And I haven't been to, hadn't even been to one of their schools, right? So to show up and like yeah. go to Pinoca and win third place in Pinoca when I was like oh, twelve. Yeah, like one of the first places I really <laughs> ever stayed on. And it was like Donnie in the shoot saying, Yeah, do this, this and this and then yeah, like hang on and he's, you know, setting the guy's rope and like it wasn't for that day yeah. in Pinoca and for some reason deciding to go to these pro rodeos. I wouldn't be like, yeah. I probably would have just never amounted to anything, but then proceeded to go to yeah, the night and just get totally dunked on my brain on the back of my head. Just <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel and fly off the back. But I, I love Pinocchio, man. Yeah, Even the high school rodeos, like yeah. I, I got more buckles from Pinocchio than anywhere in anywhere in my rodeo career is kind of, kind of fun. Yeah. It's quite the one place. you don't want to miss. hundred yeah. percent. What and do you think it is? You know, about... So go ahead. It's just like all the, over the years, you know, all the the big champions, whether it's CPRA or PRCA, you know, they've somewhere down the line, they've rode a Pinocchio, won Pinocchio, you know, they just attract, well, obviously they have a shitload of money added, so they get guys yeah. from all over, and it's just a huge rodeo, great atmosphere, a lot of cowboys hanging out there, you know, it's the whole atmosphere of it is just, it's awesome, like, that's, rodeos like that is what gets it in your blood and why why you want to keep going. The, the prestige and the the like mm-hmm. well and the big and the big money honestly like you can win for you to be able to win 25 grand in one freaking yeah weekend like it it'll make or yeah, break your crazy. year yeah mm-hmm. that's wild yeah so you won 5300 yeah. in the in the average and you won 3500 so you're already 8000 another 55 plus day money holy shit that's a that's a good mm-hmm. payday hell of a yeah. payday <laughs> Um, what about, uh, so what did it feel like to finally beat your steer riding score? Like, was that like a bit of a monkey off your back? Just like, yeah, honestly, like looking back, it was pretty cool, but I wish, I wish they would have just marked me 80 something in the steer riding. <laughs> <laughs> like, Do you think it was a 92 was so, uh, yeah. or was it, no, they load you up? Why would they load you up like they that? Loaded. I don't know. I mean, in person, it probably looked pretty rank, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just one of those deals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was pretty cool. I probably talked about it when I was steer rider forever, but yeah, over the years, it's kind of just become the big, big joke. Not a joke, but you know, people always yeah. bring it up. Hopefully. Being ninety two isn't really a joke, <laughs> but um, but there was, I guess, like one of the higher scores for a long time. I don't know if it was in the record books or whatnot, but I think, I think like the the record was like eighty six for quite a while, and then Ty Patton was eighty seven one time. Mm-hmm in the steer riding yeah. on that oh one that that cow in strathmore yeah. when the finals weren't at the cfr but then you would have been mm. like you guys beat that record a few times i think after after ty because ty's ride was like pretty badass from the steer riding to be like 87 points in yeah the, in the cow riding yeah i remember down. that cow it was a it was that big black cow brad means yeah. oh one we called her she didn't have yeah. a name just that was her number oh one and yeah yeah she was the real deal like she'd go overhead and turn back right and latch and 
make a few rounds and then she'd hop skip and go the other way if you were riding her I got on her a couple times. The, my first year was her last year, thank God. <laughs> got on her at Calgary once, and she about ripped my head off. And then I got yeah. on her at the finals at Strathmore. That was the last year they had it at Strathmore. And, yeah, she destroyed me in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And she I was gotta, scary. She was big. Well, I remember I, I got her in the got on her in the short round at Calgary, and they marked her 45 points. That I remember mm-hmm. Ty and I split the long round. We were both 80, which was, like, huge for me at the time to win, you know, the only time I ever got to go ride a Calgary, but win the, win the long round with Ty and then mm. get on that count. I remember like, I remember the feeling vividly where it was like, she like, she spun on her front feet. Like I could feel just, yeah. I was sitting on her and she, her feet just like were stationary and her butt was kicking around. I was yeah. like, this is crazy. And then I looked at this for some reason, I looked at the sponsor sign on the shoot. And then I just went directly into the ground, just like had a little bit of a lapse <laughs> in judgment, just like, I was like, holy shit, this is yeah, wild. She'd, she'd kind of walk on her front feet and you'd have that, you know, that hang time in the air where yeah. nothing was really happening except she was weird. walking on her front feet. Yeah. And then she'd bust in half and slam dunk me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the good old street riding days. Right, yeah, geez, the memories. Nobody else knows what we're even talking about, but uh, <laughs> the uh, well, how shitty was it to have the finals in Strathmore? We got to talk about that a little bit on the steer riding just for a little while. Like, I think it's cool that we get yeah, to go it was... to CFR, but it was so shitty in Strathmore. Yeah, I mean, when I was rode there, it was, I didn't really think it much of it. Like, I didn't think That's it was true. I'm not saying, because, you know, I'm that... not thinking Strathmore is shitty either. I'm just saying it was shitty mm-hmm. not to get to go to the CFR for those couple of years. Yeah, it was like four it, years that it, it wasn't there. Yeah, but at the time we didn't know any different, right? Because we never got to ride the CFR. Yeah, so, I guess. Eh? But once we went that next year to the CFR, yeah, it was like, Mm-mm, I do not want to go back to Strathmore. Yeah, but and but then Strathmore was a huge rodeo again because they added a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the one you wanted to go to for, during the season to collect some yeah. bucks to get to the CFR. Exactly. But you know, at the same time, it, it's cool to go through the ranks and whatever path you went on, you know just you have stories from it and and it was what it was you know we didn't have a bad time doing it it was still so that was the thing about steer riding that I, I always miss you know as you get into the pro sports and as you move through the ranks it gets super serious right you're always it's a job like you have to take it serious it's not no joke but back when you're a steer rider you just didn't care about anything you didn't care if you had sponsors on your vest or if your shafts were ripped in half or if your hat was crooked or backwards on your head, like you just jumped in the truck. Your dad usually paid for gas, probably told you what rodeos you're going to. You didn't do any driving. You just went and got on a steer and then yeah, just had a great time. Caused havoc at the rodeo until you went to the next one. Although, like you had no worries. Right? Although your dad probably could out havoc you at times on the road. Yeah, he would definitely out havoc. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there I mean, him, wasn't and Lindsay, there? him and Lindsay Carlier had more fun I think going down the road than we did oh. the steer riders well, and dad there... wouldn't even drive oh no <laughs> shit was there yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong here don't tell me like tell me if I'm giving you bad info but wasn't there a time with the cops in Strathmore with or was it Jimmy Finkbeiner where they couldn't get him in the cop car there was something bad going on was, no. it, was it Jimmy or was that your dad yeah no that was old Kevy. Oh, that was Kevin. I, I wasn't there. I was actually, um, Bryce was, I think I was, must have been riding Junior Bulls then because I wasn't there. But Bryce was riding in Strathmore that next day or whatever. Yeah. And 
yeah, he was riding in short round and dad wasn't there. Mom had to go rescue him from wherever they had him. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> bit of an incident. Probably shouldn't get into what happened, but yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> I just I just remember there being a story about about somebody getting yeah. like having to take like yeah, your, your like, dad uh, is tough as shit. Like he is a wiry fucking tough son of a bitch, right? Like he's not somebody that you anybody fucks with. And it took like six <laughs> cops to get him in the cop car or something, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't remember how it happened. I just know there was a punch out at McDonald's and Uh-oh. Scott Byrne and Nansen Vold and uh I think Tanner Byrne was there. Yeah. They were all in the same van when this fight broke out. In the drive through in McDonald's after the cabaret or in the, in the drive yeah, it must have been I don't know what they were doing. Obviously oh, they were partying somewhere, but you oh, know, boy. heavy Kevy got in a punch up. Uh-oh. And it wasn't his first one or Uh-oh. his last one. Who is <laughs> <laughs> who's the toughest of the of the West brothers currently? Can you say? Oh, probably handiest fighting would definitely be Bryce. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think Billy's probably the toughest. He's got strongest. dad strength now though, I guess though. That's mm, super yeah, powers, he's got eh? dad strength times yeah. four, so times four yeah yeah i mean i've i've only ever been in a couple scuffles but bruce he's been in quite a few huh. <laughs> ah talk he's more like oh is he he's the the youngest mm-hmm. one didn't fall far from the tree yeah. from the fighting tree yeah yeah <laughs> what uh talk about his music a little bit i think that's pretty neat that he's on the in the music business now and 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 going on that that uh that path yeah he's he plays all the time. Um, he was putting some stuff online, like social media there for a bit, kind of during COVID, I think it was more or less. He doesn't really do that anymore, but he still plays every day, probably, I would say. Um, and he, he does a few gigs. He did a, uh, I think he played in Lethbridge Bar um, last fall, did a couple of shows there. Um, and he's actually going to, this weekend, I guess, he's playing... Um, for Curtis Anderson, you know, he's got that trail oh, ride. Oh, the trail ride, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's this weekend. Yeah. But he's going up there to play at Curtis's deal or whatever. I think one of them, Saturday nights or something, he's going to. But, yeah, he's always jamming. And that oh, kind of cool. runs in the family. I don't play. I just sing along and tap my leg. But um, yeah. Grandma, he's very musical, so that's where Bryce got his start. Um, oh, okay. And Dad's very musically talented too not many people know that but really what does he do yeah uh he can play guitar but usually he'll play the dobro um it's really? like a, a slide steel guitar kind of with a little metal slide on it no way. um or plays the harmonicas a lot he's really good at the harmonicas oh wow that's awesome yeah. so, so yeah they're always he... jamming like all our brandings and stuff they always you know everyone sits around and they play music and it's a good time did you guys uh, have your branding yet this year? Just had it uh, on the weekend. Yeah, two days ago or something. Oh yeah. Oh right on. Yep. So yep. you guys, uh, family ranches, uh, and yep. Your dad is first generation rodeo cowboy. Third, second. Where does he? Where I don't know about the uh, about his dad. Yeah, he's a first generation uh, grandpa. Um, always been around like you know always grew up with the ranch and stuff but he never rodeoed um they didn't really not that they don't support rodeo but they were you know not one that would just jump right into it so dad got his start through the uncles like uh 
well, I call him Uncle Bill, but it's more or less dad's uncle, kind of great uncle, um, Bill Lay, hanging around those guys uh, when he was young, just getting on calves, and they kind of got him going on the steers. Okay. Um, and then uh, our Uncle Don Kozlinski, you know, they grew up around kind of the same areas like Al- Alec Lay, Albert Lay, you know, kind of grew up the the Lays in that area and and he kind of just toured around with them they they got him going riding steers and pretty soon he just started you know going to all the amateur rodeos and he went from there and kind of just paved his own way really oh right on well and and for those that don't know either billy lay uh i want to say a few times made the wrangler nfr in the bareback riding Mm -hmm. um a few times i think and i would Sorry, he was ahead. very successful, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so Billy Lay, yeah, was the uh, well, Bill Lay too, um, but Billy Lay's um, dad, Bill, is who I we always call him Uncle Bill. Uh, he's pretty a little bit down the line related to us. Just he's more or less um, grandma's side. So he was actually married to our, yeah, was married to my grandma's sister. So okay. that's Bill Lay. And that's kind of who, who got dad going on the road. Okay. Because I, I was going to, okay. Older crew. I was thinking Billy's the same age as, as your dad. So I was mixed up on some timeline. Yeah. There. I don't know how old Billy would be. He'd be a little older. Um, little older. Well, okay. He, he, should be similar well, though. Cause he won Canada yeah, he was, in 91. So it'd be similar timing to your dad. Mm-hmm. Or had to be mm-hmm. kind of similar. I think. Okay. Eh? Yeah. But is he he's a world champion bareback rider too, is he not? No. No no there's only been one or won the average. Maybe won the average. Yeah, maybe won the average. Because I think he won a couple rounds at the NFR. So yeah. But there's only been one Canadian bareback rider to win the world, and it was back in like nineteen thirty three, I think. But Oh really? Anyways. Oh, um I was curious about that though. I didn't know the whole story as mm-hmm. far as the, the yeah. origin. But man, I gotta go back to the shoulder yeah. thing. What's the weirdest place you had your shoulder come out? Uh, is it working? I don't know. It, yeah, working it. It happened quite a few times. Um, Jeez. yeah, I don't know. It was just fuck whenever. Yeah, <laughs> whenever it felt like it needed and to fall out. I guess the worst one I had was I was laying in the pool when I was in school in Vegas. Cause we had a pool at the house, and I was just hanging yep. out, just chilling on like a you know whatever day it was, hanging out like this. And there was a dog that swam up and like touched his like wet nose on my elbow and my shoulder just like, I just kind of like went like this and it fell out. And then I had like one arm paddle my way out of the, out of the swimming pool. Oh, that's and then terrible. My, yeah. Then my buddy, Josh, I like flew up, like jumped up on the bar and I was like, pull my arm, pull my arm. And he like pulled it back, pulled it down and like jammed my shoulder back in after laying in the fucking swimming pool. It came out like that. I thought you might have a story like that. If it came out yeah. 60 times, you probably had, you probably in a bit of a jam at one point like you probably had to figure out how to put no. it back in yourself too at some point too, I'd imagine. So this one, um, actually the one I just had fixed, um, when it first come out while well, at Eureka, when I heard it, it was, I had to do the old, I was sitting on the buck and shooting it, it come out and it was not going back in. And I laid down on the grass and, um, one guy that, uh, John, I think his name is John Smith actually. Yeah. Uh, more rider from down there he Montana. was going on it because he had, yeah he had a bunch of shoulder injuries so he told me what to do he said lay down on the grass and put your feet up against my knees or whatever and i'm just gonna pull and you just 
bend over and relax, kind of, kind of try and touch your chest to your knees and take deep breaths and I'll come in. Well, fuck, he pulled on that thing and it was not going back in. So to the rescue, Tim Lipsett was riding there. Oh, (laughs) really? Tim's had a whole bunch of like children. So it worked out perfect. (laughs) Um, he, he said, yeah, whatever. I can't really remember. I was at this point borderline passing out. I couldn't even breathe. And I just laid kind of fetal position and he fucking pulled and pulled on it. And then it sucked back into its socket. So Tim was actually the one that got my, my shoulder back in. Oh, wait. So you, you just like put his boot on your chest and just like yank on it and finally freaking. Yeah. I think I I had my, yeah, I had my feet pushed on his legs or something and I was just laying down kind of it come in but this other one that always pops out it would never hang up it only ever hung up maybe once or twice the one time i actually had hung up i was at mom and dad's i was just over there just walking around bullshitting them like nothing yeah. nothing was hurting nothing extreme i was in their house i was standing by the couch just in their living room and all of a sudden it just muscle spasmed and it freaked out and it come out and I could not, like, I got it in, but I was bent over with my shoulder facing the ground and my, you know, my other shoulder facing the roof. And I was trying to get, I could feel where it was caught and it wouldn't, you know, it just, they gets caught on like a little, it feels like it's caught on a bone spur or something and it won't go back (sighs) in. So I, I messed (sighs) with it and I just kept turning my thumb and dad's just standing there like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) And then it come in. That was pretty close to after when I called out. Then we decided I had to do something with it. Oh man, it makes me feel yeah, sick good. hearing about these again. Because remember, <laughs> I remember one of the first times it happened. I it happened in Killam, and I thought I broke my arm off because it was just numb, like it just blew apart. Yeah. And then I just like I was like, what in the fuck happened? And uh, I had to go to Brazil in like ten days. So I was like, oh shit, well that wrecks oh. the trip. I was so pumped to go on this trip, but like yeah, just like was so numb. And then finally, like a few hours later get to the hospital and like, I don't know where the fuck it was like maybe cameras or something, but they like laid me down and like had different straps and like put the morphine in me and finally like went back in. And it just was such a relief for the thing to go yeah. back in. Like, yeah. When it, when it oh. comes back in that there's no better feeling Yeah, <laughs> when it comes out, like you, it pinches that nerve off and you actually can't feel anything. You just can't really? do anything. Well, actually you do feel something. It fucking hurts. It hurts. Like but you can't feel your, you can't feel your arm like to move it, you know, like, yeah. you can't just do whatever with it. Oh, but this man. other one that I still have to get fixed, it's a little different. Like it doesn't, it doesn't just pop out and hang out, you know, like yeah. it'll, it'll, it'll fall out and then the muscles spasm and then it slams it back into the socket. The socket's just so loose. Hmm. Now it's what's busting my labrum up so bad. Every time it pulls yeah. out, then it slams back in and smashes that labrum all to shit. Yeah. Jeez, man, so. I feel for you. But um, that's part of it. so talk about work a little bit and where, uh, what you're working on that way and, and how it's going. Cause you've been spending more time on it this, mm. uh, little bit lately. And I guess, could you, could you still work while you were at, after the surgery the last little bit or were you kind of laid up for the last no. little bit? Yeah. I've been honestly, really, I haven't been doing anything for the last three months. So right before, um, when I knew I was getting surgery, I had kind of just went out, not on my own, just well, look, went out on my own, I guess, with a project. Um, bought with an truck. old because well, I yeah, I work on a lot of um, highway trucks, like semi trucks and you know bigger equipment. Um, 
had this truck at the shop and monitor where I contract to. Um, it had been sitting there for a while, so I bought it and needed a whole bunch of work. So I fixed it all up, put an engine in it and whatnot. Um, flipped it, you know, kind of like how people flip houses and just flipping, flipping Peterbilt's. <laughs> so that I've kind of been leaning more towards that. Um, still, I'll still go back um, to the shop where I contract for this guy. So he just has a little one bay shop and I'm really the only other mechanic other than him that works there. Um, I just got an old, old diesel truck with a service body on it that I drive around and do service calls. Um, but I haven't, I've kind of just fly under the radar a bit. I'm not super, not, I'm serious about my business, but I'm not, um, fully invested in it just cause when I'm rodeoing, you know, I don't want to be having to answer my phone and turn down customers that need work. So I, I don't advertise or anything. So I just, I always have a bunch of work lined up at the shop and whatnot. If I'm not bull riding, you know, I'll jump in my service truck and head to work for four or five days at a time, whatever it is. So I'll definitely be focusing more of my time on that now, maybe try and build my business a little bit. You know, I'm getting older as is, so you always got to look, you know, I don't care how much money you win bull riding unless maybe Stetson rates different or Sage can do better. <laughs> If you can manage to win a few million, I guess you don't got to work as hard, but usually it's, I, I feel it's good to have a plan. Um, um, I went to college for it and got my, my trade. So yeah, that's where I'll invest a lot of my time this summer is just kind of building my business and doing that. I stayed pretty busy in the summer doing that and with the wedding and stuff, I shouldn't have much time for anything else. So. Yeah, you went to school. I want to say you went to school in Red Deer or Old? I forget now. I uh, I did my first year mechanics in Vermilion. Oh, okay. That was also probably one of the funnest times of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went and did uh, my second year in Red Deer. Um, and then uh, actually my third year. So it's it's kind of a four year program, but it's also kind of not four year program. You can get um, one year and or year one and year two and year four combine to be a on road, like a semi technician, they call it basically. And year three is off road. That's your dozers and, uh, trackos, you know, your off road equipment, we call it. So year three was, um, going to be my second year in red deer. I did year one in vermilion year two in red deer and year three rolled around. I just started school. It was the start of January. Um, and I got sick. You can only miss there. I don't know why they're so sticky on this trade stuff. Cause it's, it's trades. Like, it's not like you're going to be a doctor, right? It's not brain surgery. But they only let, it's yeah, machine surgery. They, it's, you're only allowed to miss like a week or something. And I was sick for like sick with the freaking flu for the first two days. So I missed the first two days class. Meanwhile, um, the year before in Red Deer, uh, I did really good in school. I was actually on the Dean's honor roll, um, had super high marks. So year three rolls around, I'm sick for two days. And then that's when Posse, uh, committed suicide. Oh, fuck. So just got back to school. Remember I was sitting in the, uh, sitting in the library or something with one of my buddies from school, looked at my phone, got the news and then that week obviously was hell so missed basically that whole week um and then 
uh, and whatever day I went back. So I didn't know, you know, we had to do the funeral and all that stuff. The next day I went back to school, the president or dean or whatever they call that dumbass called me into his office and told me, he said, yeah, you've missed too many days of school. It is what it is. And basically kicked me out of school. So that was that. So I just fucking skipped my, my third year. Um, oh, really? Kicked me out of school. I packed my shit. I was staying with Skylar, actually, Billy's wife, Skylar Nash at the time. Um, we were renting a house together in Red Deer. And I just packed my shit. I entered San Antonio. And me and uh, Jordy and Jared went south. <laughs> oh, really? So it worked out. Huh. Yeah. So did you so ever I, do that I never ever did get my Oh, you never did? Never did. I went back. Uh, during yeah. COVID and challenged my last year. So I didn't even have to go to school. Just oh, really? I challenged the test and passed it. Oh. So I ended up getting my journeyman ticket that way. Wow. But, Take that, you know, never Dean, that. jerk. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Dean asshole. Jeez. Ah, <laughs> huh. <laughs> um, so... so, yeah, that's kind of... That's, that's where... I mean, and I've, I've always... I've been mechanic and on and off through... Even a lot of my business years, bull riding, I've, that's what I do. That's what I enjoy to do. It's not an easy job, and it's also very tough when your shoulders aren't very good. But that's I like it, and, yeah, that's where I'll be focusing my time now for the next little bit anyways. When can you get back to work officially? Is it now kind well, of Well, I kind of got cleared. Yeah, I'll probably do – I'm going to just ease into it. I'll do two, three days next week. Probably won't be doing any service calls anytime soon. Um just kind of ease into it and see where I'm at. Uh, I got another truck that I'm trying to flip. Um, so hopefully my shoulder, you know, in three weeks, if I can stay on my rehab, uh, pretty strong and get my shoulder built up a bit then kind of get more into the heavy duty stuff, but just got to take it slow. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Jordan a little bit? Like getting married this year? Do like, do you want to mention that? Yeah, that'll, like... that, that'll, that'll also fill the summer quite a bit um yeah we've got well not we she's planned most of the stuff but uh <laughs> even leading up to the wedding week and stuff it'll we'll be pretty busy while or even the month i guess like we're still trying to figure out the invitations and um just planning the whole event like it's it's a lot i i honestly underestimated how much a wedding like even you know we're not doing anything extravagant but it's like you gotta have your shit in order, right? Yeah, so a big a, part of the it's a Thursday summer will be yeah. Rodeo cowboys can't have a can't have a wedding on a Saturday. So when we picked the date, um, because we knew we wouldn't be able to do it, I don't know how we decide on August, but because now looking at it, working like oh, it's gonna be hotter than hell. Might not be <laughs> so enjoyable, but it that was kind of the only thing that worked out. Like Prescott took really the only other week that I could see. So he's, he's the Wednesday after us. The 23rd. Yeah. And we were originally thinking that week was, but so they're getting married that week. So we're the week before and the old schedule that I looked at, if they keep it the same was always coronation bull riding is that Wednesday. 16. So well, that will work. Yeah. I don't know if it's still, I, I haven't should be looked at the schedule or nothing, but they don't, they're usually a little later, but still should be the 16th. Yeah. That, that's what I was banking on. So everyone could go, you know, they could still go to coronation bull riding Wednesday. I'm 45 minutes from coronation. So yeah, you know, 
worst case, Ontario, the wedding party will be late for the rehearsal dinner or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah. Or they can do it yeah. and then go to the bull so riding. Have a rehearsal lunch instead. Yeah. 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 And then I think it's like Pincher Creek, um, Cranbrook. I think it's just yeah. Like it's not not a very busy weekend, so it it's ideal for I know. Yeah. Like picking a wedding week, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess Glen Keeley on the weekend on the nineteenth probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back yeah. in Nantes. And I, I, at the time when we when we picked the date, I wasn't, I didn't know I wasn't going to be riding. So I thought, well, maybe I might be going to Coronation too. Plan your schedule, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, this way we'll have lots of time for honeymoon now. We'll probably, I don't know, we haven't really even decided what we're going to do. Um, we're thinking like Jordan hasn't really been to BC. Yeah. And out there, so we might just do something. We a hot vacation would be nice, but it's kind of not the ideal time to go to you know yeah you don't need to go to mexico and i'm all in August, i'm also yeah. not a huge i don't know i've been to mexico before and it was fun but yeah i'm not like oh you know that's what we need to do not but, a huge fan so we haven't decided yet what we're doing with that oh you got lots yeah. of time lots of time bc is always fun i've never had every time i go to bc it's always a good time, to rodeo so. yeah that's what i'll miss the most is is stuff like uh armstrong yeah. And all those roads, I'm really going to miss it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only one year. But, it's only one year, man. Yeah. Maybe a year and a half yeah. still, but anyways. Yeah. Um, no. We'll what, right. uh, what, so was that, uh, was that hard not to get ride in Pinocchio? Was that like kind of the career defining one so far? Or was it getting to go ride at the PBR world <sighs> finals or, or some of these other events uh, on the PBR side of things, winning the cup series, winning the cup series or what else? I don't know. It's hard to, to separate them. You know, everything, every win is always so different you know there's not one time i could say when i won something i was like oh you know that was just like the last time they're all they all have their special little bit to them you know they're all different they're all great in one way and so to isolate it i don't know you know as i grow older i always like just the path we kind of took me and brock we you know, when we were first going, when we cracked out, we were going to PBRs and we had a lot of decent success in the PBRs. So at the time it was like, you know, that's, that's all I want to do. That's, I, I want to go to the world finals and, and I still, you know, I still strive for that stuff. But as I've gotten older, I've shifted more, um, just different, different atmosphere. I want to try stuff that I haven't done before. Right. So my goals are kind of, kind of shifted a bit. Like I still, still like all the PBR events. Um, obviously I w- I'd like to get that national championship. Um, I'd like to go back to the world finals and redeem, you know, that was for the only time to ride there. That was not a good way to end. Um, so I'd like to do all that, but I would say my main goals are probably, probably the NFR is my main one. Get to the NFR, you know, put a good honest effort in to try and make it. Uh, I, I fully believe I can. It's just, no matter of, you know, everything lining up, staying healthy. It's a huge marathon to get there. Uh, if there's one thing that's held me back, I would say it probably is injuries. You know, I've always tried to go as much as I can, but just hasn't worked out. So number one and number two, I'd say I was, I'd like to to get a national championship in both PBR and CPRA. I think that for guys in Canada, I mean, there's so many great rodeos in Canada and so many great cowboys come out of Canada. Um, 
I'd like to have my name beside them. Yeah, guys, you know, all the greats in every event, Cody Snyder and, you know, Bronc riders like Rod Hay and all, and just there's so many of them, right, that have paved the way for us. So I'd really like to have my, my name up there. But it'll what just a- be, just have to put it on hold for a little bit, I guess. That's fair enough. I I understand. It's 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 one of the toughest things to do right now, but it'll probably pay off in the long run. Well, I think too. Also, like, like there's so much talent up here. Um, if you want to beat them guys, like you know Nick Tetz and Jordan Hansen and Jared Parsonage and mm-hmm. Brock Radford, Corey Robbins, like when them guys are are strapping them and winning everything, they're healthy. So, you know, you can try. Like, it's cool and it's great to make the CFR. Everyone wants to do it. But you got to strive for more than that. And I think if you want to get that, I want. I think if you want to seal that championship up, you're going to have to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I think it's a no-brainer, you know. If you want to be at the highest level and even the PBR, you know, look at look at the guys that are winning, the guys that aren't winning. There's not too yeah. many times – that them guys win a championship and they're they're hurt or mm-hmm. you know so yeah, that's, what that. that's what i push for yeah i i'm looking back at a few stats here and wanted to ask you about a couple big wins over the years so uh august 2018 you're in white court on i think friday night then you get down to tulsa uh and then you're in coronation and in these three events you're third fourth and third but fourth place in Tulsa pays 10,000 bucks, probably 10,000 us I'd imagine at the time. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at yep. that win, that being a huge one for you, that gets you all the way to the world finals in the fall as an alternate, uh, unfortunately not seated, but still it's a world finals mm-hmm. qualification, but you go, you go there, win in Moncton on the, on the, uh, Canadian tour, uh, the year before, but this one really stood out that I kind of forgot about. A twenty-five thousand dollar night in Edmonton at the Global Cup qualifier in uh, two thousand and I thought it was two thousand seventeen. Uh, yeah, it was twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah twenty-four thousand yeah. dollar Thursday night. That was a hell of a night too. Yeah, that was. I remember. Well, I mean that that was a huge, huge month. Um, so I think I, I think that year, um, Winnipeg. I think oh, there was Newtown. Winnipeg Cup. And yeah, Newtown. So I think I can't remember well. how it worked. So went to Winnipeg. I think I won second to Dakota Lewis in Winnipeg. And we yep. went to Abbotsford and I won that one. I, the next and I week. Think that was my first first cup. So we won pretty decent money there. And then um, then the qualifier, which yep. was huge. So then that, that was the only year I missed. Um, I was crying hole in the CFR. Um, Went to the Global Cup and won, yeah, 30, I think, I can't remember what it was. I think I won 32000 that week with the team stuff. Oh, wow. That was big for me, um, money-wise and just career-wise. Like, that was kind of when I was like, holy shit, we're riding with the top guys, you know, like yeah. in the bounty round there. Um, when I had that red bandana, I didn't ride them, but it, that was a big moment in my career. It was like, this is, you know, this is where it's at, and it was the top PBR hands and in we the were world. doing pretty good. For, yeah. 
And so that was huge for me. So the, after that week, that's kind of when I decided I was like, okay, we need to make a push for the PBR. Like I, that's when I thought I fully believed in myself. I had what it takes. It's just a matter of applying it. So the week after that, um, I entered Newtown. I, we weren't even entered actually. Cause it was right after. Yeah. So Jackson Scott, seven days. Thank, thank God Jackson Scott was on the ball. Cause he just can't remember how it worked out, but he ended up calling in and there was two, two or three spots available. So, uh, me and him, and I think Logan Beaver all just entered it out of just, you know, shit ass luck that we got in. Cause the entries were been long over. Oh yeah. Yeah. Got in. Uh, rode first night, won the round. I was 87 and a half. Um, and it was all Chad Berger bulls. And, it, you know, we were going, I remember it was like, at the time it was Derek Kobaba and uh, J.W. Harris, like Stetson Lawrence, all them guys were there. And I was pretty fresh to that scene. So it was like, holy shit, we're really doing her. <laughs> Next night I was 85. And then I rode that crazy horse um, that I'd seen Kaiki ride world finals for like 89 the year before and it was pick your poison tanner burn was there he was the one he said um because i didn't know any of them bulls and tanner burn had been on that scene for a while and he was whooping them on on that level so i asked him and he said i'd pick that crazy horse you know he'll be either way and shit he was that to this day that was probably one of the best bull rides i ever made i oh, think really? i was 88 and a half i think um, but yeah, he was all there. He blew up around to the right way from my hand right off the start and then blew up kind of cool facing the shoots and went back left. And yeah, I was 88 and a half. I ended up winning that event. So between Winnipeg, like from that month alone, that four weeks or whatever I won, I remember talking to you actually, we did an interview. Oh, really? Cause uh, you called, you called me the Monday after I, I was looking through this not too long ago. Actually, it's funny. Oh, really? And it, an old news article popped up and I, you called me that Monday and I was at work. So we timed it and I, I was on my lunch break when we were talking. <laughs> when, you went 40,000 and you go back to work. <laughs> yeah. I went back mechanic and <laughs> yeah. Why not though? So that after, after that, that's kind of like where my storyline, you know, that's kind of when I shifted to the PBR mm-hmm. um, and di- nothing really, I mean, we've, one here and there and fair bit, but I never really accomplished anything that I really wanted to accomplish. You know, yeah. never, never won the PPR world finals or, and never, never sealed any Canadian championships. I was kind of dipping into both and yeah. looking back, you know, it's, I don't regret anything. It's, that is what it is. And this game is, you know, it's a learning curve and it's, it's about staying healthy and picking the right, you picking know, making the right choices and, going going when you can and you know if all the stars align it you you might win one but yeah um yeah that's just that's kind of who i am and that's built me to where i'm at now and that's that's something i'm still chasing is those canadian championships so i'd Mm -hmm. really like to seal those and like i said yeah go to the nfr maybe win that son of a bitch why not (laughs) nothing holding you back lonnie we, uh, I yep. wish you, I wish you the best out there and, and getting those goals and, and continuing to be successful and, and, uh, but most of all being healthy, you gotta, gotta be healthy. Cause yeah. there's a lot of time after, after this, mm-hmm. 
you want to have a decent yeah. body afterwards. So, um, yeah, Lonnie, I appreciate the last, that. last thing I got is, uh, is what your definition of cowboy shit is. Oh, cowboy shit to me is, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel we've been raised. It's being tough, um, uh, being strong, you know, no matter what the situation and, and just digging down deep and, and, and being gritty, you know, when I think of cowboy shit, I think, of you know, that just dirty, rotten, you know, you got that grit in you that it's just ride or die. It's, you know, everything you got. That, that makes me think of, uh, I have a feeling that you might, you and Brock might've had a pretty good, uh, ditch fighting career. What's your best, uh, <laughs> What's your best ditch fight against Brock on the on the road out there? Do you guys got any well, actually, dust ups or what's the deal? Never, me and him never gotten a dust up. But um, so that brothers week though. that you were like that <laughs> at Tulsa. So when we went yeah. from White Court to Tulsa, yeah. So Brock Brock blew his knee out at White Court that oh, that night. So he was taking me to the airport because I had to ride at Tulsa the next day. When we're leaving White Court. And Brock, there's a girl, girl crossing the street, and we're sitting at the front of the red light. Lachlan Richardson is behind us in a car with Lachlan Slade, if you remember him. Yeah. And so this girl, or this guy runs across the street in front of the truck first, <clears throat> and then his girlfriend comes walking back, like, I don't know, 10 seconds later. Like, he kind of just ran across the street and left her. Yeah. And it's four lane there. At the, it's right at the McDonald's main main drag in white court so brock yells out the window something about a pretty girl like you ought to be walked across the street well Uh-oh. this the guy heard, heard <laughs> it and he, he turns around and it happened quick he ran he wasn't across the street yet so he ran across and he's coming we're me and brock kind of just like is this guy really gonna fight us right now we're kind of watching him walk over to the truck and the light is still red we're kind of and you're in the, the truck you're so, in the truck yeah so we're kind of waiting to mash the gas so we can just drive away. Well, he gets to the window and the light is still red. And so Uh-oh. at this point, and Brock's knee is wrecked, so he can't get out. So he's mashing. He tried to get the window rolled up. And this guy's already throwing bombs through the window, hitting Brock in the head. Oh, no. So I bailed out. The front ran around the front. And he's he was. And you're in the driver's seat. I mean, I'm not very big. No, Brock was driving. Oh, okay. okay. So I, I was in the passenger seat, so I jumped out. And this guy's kind of standing on the meridian, that curb thing. And I'm looking up at him already. He's a pretty big guy. And he just, he lets go of Brock and grabs me and just starts rifling him at me. So oh, I'm no. kind of getting him ducked and it was kind of blurred. So we have a few, you know, it, it happened pretty quick, but then we throw a couple punches back and forth and he actually landed some pretty good ones on my ear. <laughs> oh, no way. Swelled my ear up. <laughs> So oh, then, yeah. and my shirt was ripped off. Lachlan Richardson, um, guys, they come around the front the whole time. This light was still, still, still red. red. I don't know how it was still. Thanks red. a lot, light. People were really fucked me on that one. Cheering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I went to Tulsa the next day. Had a great weekend. It was awesome. <laughs> oh man! And then, you, and then you come right back and yeah. make it make some money in coronation the next week. Yeah, so that oh, was like, cowboy shit stuff, right? There. That is some cowboy shit. <laughs> getting a getting a fight at a traffic light and then go and win ten thousand dollars in the weekend. Jeez. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, yeah. thanks, Lonnie. That's uh I'm sure there's lots more we could get into yeah. here, but I always feel like <laughs> I leave some stuff on the table on these. There's like so many th- ways a guy could go, but that was a lot of fun. No, that's all right. That's that's what the bullshits are for at the bull riding. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Lonnie. Yeah, Again, thanks. Thanks for having luck. me on. 
best of luck with the uh with the wedding later in the year august 17th and uh and heal up man if there's anything we can do for you let us yeah. know but uh yeah hope uh hope everything's yeah, going good it. and wish you the best all right thanks teddy i'm sure we'll see you down the road yeah you betcha Once again, thanks to Lonnie West. We uh, we talked to Lonnie quite a few times about doing the show with us, so I'm glad he and I got hooked up and uh, and got this bit on on the record and had a few chats. And his dad, Kevin, I think was uh, one of the one of well, maybe not one of the first, but he he won the fifty thousand back in '89. So kind of crazy. Like I know we've talked about this lots now, but yeah, it's kind of crazy that it's 32 years later and the <laughs> the money's still the same to win the damn thing. I know the day money's uh, different, but. And they there's more for second and third and whatnot, but like, yeah, they got to get this hundred thousand back, especially when they're breaking attendance records. Pro- the problem though too is that there is uh, um, the Stampede has to like empty the bank accounts every year, don't they? As a nonprofit, or what's the deal there? Yeah, you you can't turn a profit, so I think you know you gotta you gotta make sure the book stays zero at the end of the year, or whatever you need to operate yeah. for the next year whole thing, but. And I guess they got to pay off their debts from previous years, but like you'd think that you'd make the budget and make it back to what it should be. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they kind of were trying to figure this out after the fact, but anyways, this like the th- they got to get back. Year, right? uh, yeah, it was 21, 22 and now 23. So yeah. But I, I remember even last year in 22, they didn't even announce that it was going to be 50 till like right before the rodeo. There was still speculation. They were going to raise it back to hundred last year. Remember? Well, it was I, like, I thought, I thought the first year they were going to, uh, they were going like in 21, they were going to uh, make it a hundred if the attendance was proper. So yeah, I, I just don't know. I guess there's too many rumors and I don't know what the deal is, but I really hope that they get it back up. Like I know it's, it's a $300,000 hit, but yeah. Anyways, I don't know, whatever. I, I'm just, I don't know what it's going to take to, it's something that we all kind of argue about all the time, but what, who's actually making the decisions? I don't, I don't actually know sometimes. So, but one thing I do got to say is that I've, I'm, I've helped with the pioneers of rodeo for a while here, the last couple of years now. Uh, it's kind of a offshoot of the rodeo committee in some classes, rodeo and chuck wagon committee. So I help help with the selection of who we're putting in and, you know, who's going to go in in the, in future years and help on the event production a little bit as well. So, so Dave Polson uh was you know let go from the rodeo side of things in the last uh well i guess just this spring essentially he was let go um no longer working the stampede you know didn't get to say goodbye they tell him in the spring so he can't even can't even book another date to you know work another rodeo um put his light heart and soul into this thing for the last 40 years and they let him go like that so i said hey you know uh working with brian hansen and a few of the other crew tahog when some of the crew like that on the uh on this event. And I said, you know what? I think it'd be a really classy move on our behalf. I don't know who is in charge of, you know, letting Dave go on, on, 
on the rodeo side of things, but I think, you know, from what we can control, I think it'd be a classy move for us to invite Dave to host this because a good friend of his, Jack McDonald, like Jack Mack, as, as he's known, he was inducted into the Pioneers Rodeo this year. So along with Kelly Sutherland uh, and then Steve Dunham and uh, and uh, Robin Burwash. So those are the four inductees. Kelly Sutherland doesn't even show up. He's mad at Calgary. He doesn't agree with going to three wagons, which I agree. The three wagons is bullshit. It's dumb. I, you know, they're not saving anything by doing three wagons. Um, but Kelly doesn't even show up to accept his Hall of Fame Pioneers of Rodeo award at the Calgary Stampede. How messed up is that, that your one of your inductees doesn't even show up because he's so sick of what you guys are up to? Yeah, that's that's tough. But you get some of those guys and they're, you know, I, I guess they're a lot more stubborn than us. And, and not in a bad way. I don't mean that without any they'll do respect to Kelly Sutherland. The guy's an absolute legend. and uh, Absolutely. And a Calgary Stampede legend, but yeah, that those that's guys standing their ground and they they believe they believe in what they believe and yeah, I'm not not surprised that someone like that doesn't 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 show doesn't up. Show up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, his grandson Dayton Sutherland and and I asked Dayton I was like, hey, why isn't Kelly here? He's like, oh, there's a few things he doesn't agree with. So I said, like, okay, well that you know good that he's passionate and uh, but I mean yeah, like who's gonna like are people gonna listen? Do enough people even know that he's not there? Um, why? So, uh, but, but anyways, in our control, uh, Brian, I said, Hey, like, why don't we try Dave? Like, what? let's offer it to him. You know, Dave and Jack go back 45, 50 years. Like they've been doing this forever together. So why don't we offer it to Dave? Like, I think it's a classy move on like what we can do and we can say, Hey Dave, like we'd be glad to, you know, have you host this. So, um, so Dave was there and told a good joke to kick off the day. Uh, but yeah, really, I thought it was really cool to, uh, to have Dave be part of that and, and, uh, yeah, just kind of try and be classy and just invite the guy to be part of this thing after getting, you know, let go by it for who the fuck knows why. So, well, Dave, you, you know, know, me and Dave are super close and yeah, I mean, he's one of my idols and probably one of my best friends, you know, we, oh yeah, we were super close and I, I, I just think that it's a really disappointing way to to end a tenure that, you know, when I told, when I started telling people I was working with Dave as much as I was like there, the first thing they always said was like, you, he's the voice of the stampede. He's the, on all the videos, like everywhere. Oh, I mean, I grew up watching, you know, we had channel five on our, on our rabbit ears in the house, which was CFCN. And it was Dave every night. And I think Glenn, it was a Glenn Campbell. Campbell. Yeah, you know, bringing us the rodeo highlights every night. That's how I got to learn about Dave Paulson. So, just really disappointing that there wasn't, you know, that's the way it has to end. And I mean, unfortunately, we're in a in a business in in every capacity where there's uh, there's always someone else that can replace you. And it's just too bad that it's very unceremonious for for Dave for, for yeah. everything he did. Like, I mean, he even worked for the Stampede for a number of years yeah. in like a communications role or public relations role. Yeah. He did. So, so, and then yeah. I was watching, I was watching the broadcast last night and there was a big piece about how Joe Carberry got on the stage and he got to say farewell and bye and thank you and everything. And I put a tweet out there. I was like, where is Dave Polson's, uh, uh, heroes farewell after giving, you know, every July of his, you know, the first two weeks of every July of his life to this organization. And they just call him and say, Hey, sorry, we don't need you. Bye. Yeah. Nice knowing you. Yeah. Uh, that's too bad and i mean um those, those kind of stories have, have seemed to be a little more popular this year with uh especially in our circle with a lot of people we know 
yeah. I won't dive into it too much, but um, that's that's what happens when big organizations get get bigger and think bigger, and and you lose that kind of I don't know if it's small town mentality, but just that kind of humble and and closeness. You just don't feel that anymore. And yeah, I I, I said this to Keenan Vine today. I said. Um, I grew up loving the stampede. I remember the first time I worked there, I was so excited to get my pass. And I said, it's, it's almost like having a, you know, a, a, a hero, like maybe you were a huge Bobby Orr fan. Then you spend a week with him and he's a total dick. And you're like, <laughs> ah, I'm, um, he's not my hero anymore. And that's how it's yeah. kind of feeling with Calgary. Maybe we're all just bitter because we're not there, but, um, it's just yeah. little things like that, especially with Dave, who he, he should have got a proper send off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so I hope that they make that right someday, somehow. I don't know if they can or will, but I think it's due. And I made that known to some people that I uh, saw the last uh, few days. So, uh, so yeah. Anyways, uh, looking forward. I'm looking forward to going to Teepee Creek, the Teepee Creek Stampede, four days in the wild, heading up there. We'll be on the road as this show uh, gets published. So heading up, uh, heading up north to Teepee. And uh, then before the next show, we will be to and from Cheyenne for the Frontier Days. Looking forward to that trip. Uh, we got a couple weekends of chuck wagons in High River. Uh, we got some stuff going to Foremost. And then uh, Kelowna, actually, before we go to uh, Cheyenne. And then, yeah, man, then back after that one's Strathmore. So, uh, and Pollockville. So that's kind of the next few weeks. What do you, you got? You'll be in Medicine Hat with Dave. Is that one of your next yeah. stops? You got something next weekend too, probably, right? Uh, well, doing the chuck wagons for Calgary. That's right. For, yeah. for Real Country 910 uh, has the, the broadcast of the chuck wagons this year. So uh, I'm jumping in for the final weekend to host the show. Um, so we'll do that. And then me and Dave actually head out to Morris for the tour rodeo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and then we go down to Medicine Hat and then off to Bruce. So to end my July. So it'll be a really busy couple weeks here between the new job and uh, and a couple of fun rodeos with Dave, which I'm super excited for. All right on. Well, oh, awesome. Well, thanks for doing the show with me this week. Have fun out there, Dustin. We'll see you uh see you on the seventeenth when we get back from uh from TP. Looking forward to uh to the visit though. Yeah, I like uh I like four pillows on the bed and okay. uh a mint a mint and turn down service uh every night at nine. So just have it ready for me, Teddy. Uh what temperature do you prefer the room to be at? Uh I like it about seventeen or eighteen. So Okay. Well you have to open the window and maybe bring a fan. Uh <laughs> no AC here, so not the window I crawled in one night. Yeah, that that's definitely the same one. Yeah, I'll feel right you at home. St- you can still see the marks from the uh from the uh the spatula, uh, whatever the hell you had to paint, bust in there. Can opener or something, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Jeez. All right, okay, man. Well, thanks for this. Uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks everybody for listening once again. This is Cowboy Show. My name's Ted Stoven. He is Dustin Edwards, and uh, thanks for joining us. Be back again to talk with you in a couple of weeks. Make sure to check out cowboyship.ca. Get your uh, cowboyship merchandise. Uh, if you're in Cheyenne, we got a bunch of stuff down that way at the Frontier Days. Um, send me a note if you're going to be around, and we'll uh, we'll look forward to seeing you. So everybody, stay well out there. Drive safe. Travel safe. Trinity River, such a dirty little river. That don't bother me Dirty little river sort of give me clay Trinity River And it flow because I cry So to keep me honest With everybody telling lies That sent the evening Hung everywhere Gamble 
Thinking on that whiskey heart The damp scent of evening Blows all through my head I had the sweetest dream I was floating in the river 